one risers and fallers dude and that thing just freaking took off i just went off what espn was kind of telling me i was like oh i'm just gonna throw this on a feed real quick and see what happens oh my god that thing took off like everyone was just talking about every game like oh you need to do this every week i'm like oh okay i'll do it on sundays then there you go look at you sunday, sunday morning coffee that's right. I throw out a few things out there, and then everyone else just talks for me. You can find all that on FFFaceoff.com. Welcome to Beerfield, producer Hop at Beerfield Hop, along with social media manager Ryan at Ryan Miner underscore FFB, and I'm not really sure what he does around here, Dan at Beerfield Theory. <laughs> That's what I do around here. <laughs> he and I do damn reviews. good at it too. I'm pretty you good do. at doing nothing. You good at doing nothing? I wasn't about to be reviews. Um, it's week one. We got a lot to get to because it's week one. We're going to run through every game and let you know what we think for fantasy and DFS and betting and all that fun stuff that comes along with the NFL season and the same shit we're going to be doing for the next 18 weeks. Um, Yay. Oh, God. (laughs) As excited as we are for the NFL season, this is the boring part of the podcast season, folks. So it's the grind. We'll hit the dog days of week 12. Or week six, or whatever. It'll all be fine. It'll be fine. It'll all be fine. Hey, did you see the new intro graphic? No. Hold on, let me, throw, not. let me throw this back up real quick. There, if you guys are on YouTube, there's been a slight modification to the intro graphic. Oh man! Just give it just a second here. There's a slight delay. We lost him. There he is. Jesus Christ. Okay, Zoom just... Something's going on. Hey, look at me. That's Roll right. stick figure. Oh, hey. That is awesome. <laughs> I love it. Dude, I love it. That is awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Do That's, not change that. That is that glorious. Is oh, no, I'm not going to. I'm keeping it right like that. <laughs> I love it. That was uh, about two minutes in paint. Paint, you can't go wrong paint. with that. Yes. Yeah, I know. I do all be. this Photoshoppy shit, and it's like, nah, we're doing paint. I don't got. It. Anyway. it looks so professional. I love it, dude. It, it's awesome. It's on brand. It is on brand. That's why it's so amazing. I even got the little facial hair right. And you know what's funny? I tried and I couldn't make it fit. I almost <laughs> on the front of the backwards hat wrote lions in blue, and one hundred percent that is the hat you have on right now. Heck yeah, nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Love it. Uh, Before we get into the NFL, Dan. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. Both of them. Both of them. First off. First off. The less exciting one. uh, Dominant. Domination from hole one of day one to hole of 18, day five. It was a waffle stomping. It was like, incredible. It was not even particularly well. It was kind of particularly close for the first three rounds, and yeah. then it was not even particularly close. Tatar 
has been far and away, I think, the best player in the FPO division for most of the back half. The really since she came back from her little hiatus, the elbow injury, she did that yeah. hurt. Highest average uh, tournament rating ever in- for an FPO insane. champion, I believe. Insane. Just an absolutely dominant performance on on her part. Um, you know, so congratulations to to her. Also, first European to win the disco, to win a FPO world title since I think it was two thousand one, two thousand one or two thousand four. Yeah. Uh. Yes. And two total ever. So, absolutely deserved. Has absolutely been dominating all season, especially since coming back. And she hasn't been dominating. She's been in the money. She hasn't won every tournament, but she is consistently at the top. Never feels like she's out of contention. Never seems rattled. The other yes. side of this, the MPO. Ooh, that was fun. Some are calling it the holy putt. The year after the holy shot. The holy putt, yeah. The holy putt, which I hit a 70-footer yesterday. Oh, my God. I, it, it gets you pumped oh, up, doesn't it? Dude, I, I saw it go in, and I just went nuts. I'm like, I'm channeling Paul's energy. I and also the played next hole, Next hole, throw in, awkward angle throw in uh, putting, like the one I had yeah. at the bash trip. I was just, I did, I was really inconsistent yesterday, but man, that 70 footer, I'm like, I'm fucking Paul right now. I'm God not, damn it. I was it must have been a thing because I dropped two 45 footers yesterday too while <laughs> oh. I was playing. And Man. yeah, just a great feeling. But the end of that, like, it doesn't matter if you like disc golf or not. Just go turn on, like, it's out there on the internet, Joe Mess Pro. Go pull it up on YouTube. Go watch the last three ho- holes in the playoff hole of the MPO division, and you will be hooked. Literally, going in tied, I thought Oops. with, with, Paul being Paul, that when uh, Gossage lost that stroke to him on, I think it was 17, Yeah, that it was over. Like, I thought it was done. There's a slight part of me that when Paul threw out a bounce in 15, thought I mean, it was Gossage has bogeyed mm-hmm. one fucking hole, one hole I'll turn him in, and he bogeyed it twice. Yep. That was it. Like, he was like, what Paul did to Gossage is what Conrad did to Paul last year. That's how incredible. And it's why champions are champions because they hang around and they they hit their shots. I mean, it was literally going in tied. I think it was on 16, Gossage loses a stroke. Um, no. Yeah. Yes. They tied on 16 going into 17. Yeah. yeah they tied on I'm 16. Sorry. It was 17 where Paul knocks down a 70 litter after Gossage shanks a forehand. And then on 18, um, Paul shorts a forehand and Gossage just plants one straight at the basket. And Paul's so in for it. Like, what's, yeah. what's crazy about that hole is, is that there's not a lot of inbounds. There's yeah. a lot of rollaways because it's slanted up. It's on a hill. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those, uh, you no, know, you lay up and go to a playoff. And Paul's like, no. Nah. And his was about a 40 footer. And he just. He just undershot went for it, it and then yeah. hit the basket, but he went for it. A lot of people would lay up and just take the playoff. Paul went for the win, got lucky, didn't get the roll away off that miss, 
into the playoff. <laughs> split second or two, it hit the box. Yeah. It started to turn. I'm like, oh no. Not you again. see Paul just going like this, and it just stopped. Oh, and then it was fine. Like, and man, then no. as soon as Gossett shorted the island, it was. Dude, I felt it was so over. bad. I felt bad for him. That, that Literally by two feet. Three bogeys all around. Yeah. That's it. Just three. That he that is that Incredible. might be the best tournament I've ever witnessed someone play. Yeah. In it, terms of the three and a half years I've been watching disc golf and the plus more that I've been watching beyond starting that. It's I've never seen someone play that spectacular from from start to finish. He like that's like Joe Flacco 2012 playoff run when he went 12 and one touchdown. Like that's for football terms for people out there. That that's how incredible of a run that Gosses went on for four for five straight days. Yes, yeah. unreal. That's five rounds without a pick. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 uh, <laughs> that's that's five rounds taking three sacks. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's nice. I, I mean, it was incredible and. It was intense. It was competitive. Again, if you haven't seen it, like the vocalization of it doesn't do do it justice. If you know how golf scoring works, you know how disc golf scoring works. Just go watch the last three holes in the playoff hole of the men's worlds, and you'll see why this is the best niche sport ever. Anyway, why it's growing too? That's why it's growing, indeed. Uh, also, not to keep my own horn, but I did shoot two PRs this week. One at each both course down here that I regularly play, one at Woodland and one at uh uh Clinton Hills. I would have I the way I was the way it started for me at Duncan yesterday, I thought I was gonna that I was gonna finally put together around it. And my driving went all haywire. For the oh. one thing that generally is consistent for me is my drives. It's it's it really escaped me. Yeah, there was it was really weird. It was it was a very bad round. I had issues driving all day but they were different issues it was skying and shorting everything first and then you played what clinton hills the front nine's a bitch and then the back nine it was more of just okay i'm getting it far enough i don't know where it's going but i'm getting it far enough and my approach game's working so we're just gonna keep riding this (laughs) ryan did you get out and play yet finally i have not you've been quiet for so long i wonder why (sighs) i wonder why i don't don't know what's going on i'm like yeah Cool. You want to know what's going on? Joe Mess Pro on YouTube. If you're bored and you have 35 minutes, go watch the last three holes plus the Ryan doesn't hole. have 35 seconds. He's got I, three I, kids. They're all in school now. I hear he gets bored yeah. at work. He, that, that's true. He does get bored at work. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, he's always busy. What's fueling beer fueled? <laughs> All right, Ryan, go ahead, and, go ahead and start. I am drinking Rogue Bat Squatch. It's a hazy India Ooh. pale ale. It's out of Rogue, was it Newport, Oregon? It comes in at 6.7%. It's a hazy IPA. Hey, Dan. Hey, Hopper. This might shock you. Ryan's drinking an IPA. <gasps> What's shocking to me is I'm not drinking this still. Though yeah, I didn't forget to get beer. Nah, well, no. okay, then it's War Pigs again. No, 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 <laughs> I think the, no. This is the only two distilleries you've had on for the last yeah, three I know, months. I know when I'm not, if I'm not drinking bourbon, it's been either War Pigs, Free Floyd's, or uh, which is the same thing, or 
for my own brewery. But but today, it's week one. You know, it's a, it's a cause for celebration. Bourbon County. Bourbon County. 2021, just just the basic. Predictable. We're uh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> we're not celebrating. I mean, celebrating, but we're not we're not like really celebrating. Right. And the fact is, uh, I'm the only one drinking this, so I don't really want to get. Uh, we're kicking it off the season in the right way. Insane. Yeah. So again, Bourbon County is a barrel aged. It's a uh, bourbon barrel aged uh, imperial stout that Goose Island out of Chicago puts out every single year uh, for what the last fifteen. Hopper, do you know how long they've been doing Bourbon County for? Early, yeah, 2013, 14, I think. Here, uh, I'm going to bet that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm popping up. Anyways, so this is the release that they do in late November. This is uh, the 2021 release, so 2022 won't be out for another couple months. About Black Friday. Black Friday. Since 92. 92? Every year since 1992. Okay, that wow. makes sense. Uh, Black Friday releases, and you can find the yes. 2022 lineup online right now. Oh, I'm sure it's already up there. I'll. Uh, They've been. This will probably be the first year I don't go all out and get it. So it'll be the first year in five I've years since I don't not gone out to like wait for it or look for it or anything. Last year I just happened to walk into Schnooks and there were a couple of the highly allocated ones sitting there, so I bought that's, it. That's, that's how I've treated it the last few years. It's just I'm gonna trip into it at some point. Whatever I trip into, I'll pick up. The uh, the. With my brewery being part of the AB Network in Illinois, it it, it allows me to uh, to rub elbows with the right people. So, oh, good. So good at proprietors. Yeah, <laughs> not not that good. <laughs> we we're not up there in Chicago, unfortunately. Proprietor, a little harder to get, but I've heard it's a bit overrated most years. So I just probably. But it's anyways, this is just a regular one. This comes in at fourteen ish percent, fourteen even. Yeah, fourteen even. Um, I have like a six-year vertical. I still have to get into at some point. That'll be. We have a giant vertical of these things, but we're gonna need more than just us to crack all that. <laughs> Ryan's gonna have to come visit. He's gonna have to let the wife uh, take care of the kids for a weekend. And yeah, well, Sean will be here oh. this weekend. Well, so, but he doesn't drink. He doesn't drink these. But and, we'll I, Ryan and, I, and I won't be for sure. I think the idea is that we're gonna need more than two people. We'll get Nick. I in. know. I know. We gotta get Nick involved and. Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, Goose Island, Bourbon County, just a regular 2021. Uh, first impressions is not as good as the last few years. All right. And I am, uh, it's fall beer, which is my favorite beer season. So, um, I got another Oktoberfest. This one is Civil Life, Civil Life out of St. Louis, Missouri. Um, so they got a good one. They do have a really good one. So, uh, Oktoberfest style lager. It does not state whether it is a uh, Marzen or a Fespier, but judging by the notes, Marzen. Uh, looking for the ABV. That's like 95% of American Oktoberfest or, or Marzen, something like that. It's some insane high I, number. Well, Marzen's have a little more flavor. So. Well, yeah, a little more uh, American approachable. No ABV on this that I can find. But five and a half. Usually they're six. about five. Yeah, yeah 5. between usually five and six. So yeah, should be laying somewhere in there. Uh, four of you about halfway through the, through the show. Everyone does an Oktoberfest, but Civil Life I think is uh, the best that I can get canned locally. Five point five point one per beer advocate. There you go. Between five and six. 
Sorry for October. letting the cuts, letting the people know more. They're October like, oh, cuts are good. I don't drink beers over five and a half. Well, you can have this one now. News. You got news? Uh, a couple. Not a whole lot. <laughs> um, just so it's finally quiet. Something about <laughs> I was finding a the next drop. Something I, about say, no, no, I'm saying it's been quiet for news. So no, it has been really quiet. Um, basically, what the news segment is going to consist of for the season, just so you guys know, if somebody is on the fence, just like last year, we ain't going to talk about it. It'll come up later on, um, probably Sunday. Which we got to talk about that too. Um, you'll hear it somewhere on Sunday if somebody's on the fence, not guaranteed one way or the other. If somebody is definitely trending out, we'll talk about it. If somebody's definitely trending in, we probably won't talk about it. Um, so just so you guys know, unless it's like early season, somebody coming back from a big injury. Then we'll discuss. But yep. most of the time, if somebody's going to be in, we won't talk about it. If somebody's on the fence, we won't talk about it. Really, only if they're going to be out. So, uh, that being said, most of this is either roster type stuff or people that are out or back from major injury. So, Mitchell Trubisky is going to start for Pittsburgh in week one. Um, I think we were all anticipating that. That is confirmed. So... Kenny Pickett is the backup, which means that Mason Rudolph, rightfully, probably not going to dress. Pickett had a strong training camp and earned the backup spot. Trubisky falters at all. It'll be him. But start the season, Mitch Trubisky for the Steelers, as we all thought. There is that, yeah, no uh, surprise. that slight hiccup of uh, of them releasing the depth chart, and it was Mason Rudolph was ahead of Pickett. And everyone, including myself, was like, well, this is not a good sign that all right, Twitter was on fire. He opens up as third. I mean, that's that's bad. He but did. then they fix it the next day, and everything. He took fine. that shit personally. I he did. He he took it so personally. He forced them to change it without them even knowing. He had a great camp. Uh, Van Jefferson currently not practicing. That is the Thursday game, which is why this is being mentioned here. Um, so if Jefferson doesn't play, slight bump up to Tyler Higby. Probably you can still do much better at the tight end position. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it should just maybe funnel <laughs> funnel a little bit more to Robinson and Cup and Robinson. You shouldn't yeah. be that. You shouldn't be that desperate yet. No, no. It's week, week one. one. This is this week is one. the most predictable on who you should be playing every as or out of any other week. Or it's unpredictable, but we don't know enough to tell you to doubt it yet. So yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> we spent all that time researching drafting your team. Yeah, you're surely going to draft your starting lineup. Like you're gonna have your starters already in mind as you're drafting anyway, especially yep. if you're out there waiting till last minute, like you know, thirty minutes uh, before nine o'clock right now. It's Hopper has to do another draft. Mm-hmm. Generally, you already know who's gonna be starting week one as you're drafting. So, yep, not um, a lot has uh, changed. Also, a programming note by the way, the beginning part of these episodes where we do the reviews gonna tell you a lot more than the previews will. What we learned will tell you a lot more than what we're projecting. Just keep that in mind as you are gonna listen to half the show. The first half is always better. Unless you like drunk rambling, then sometimes it's the second half. Most of the time it's the first <laughs> half. 
James Robinson officially active week one against Washington uh, coming off the Achilles injury. So again, player coming off of a major injury. Don't start him. He should probably be rostered. Let's see how the split works out. I think he's going to be more of a breather back right now or start off the bat right now. He'll come in player two and then ETM will be in the rest. He's going to get, he's going to get, yeah, a couple of drives to rest. And I think you'll see yeah. that maybe trend, especially if ETN struggles as a runner. So something just, to keep I, an eye on. Um, I but can't fathom that he's a hundred percent either. Like I, I, can't I just, either. I can't, there's just absolutely no way that he'll even come Akers. close to like 50% of the carry. I'm like any of these guys that come off these major injuries, especially Achilles, were all in Mac. Yeah, like you know what Deonta Foreman's been the most successful so far because so Anchors looked like shit. You know when he came back. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like, and it felt like Anchors was quick. Was was a very quick return. And it was extremely Robinson, quick, yeah. but he shouldn't be leaned on. So no, hopefully, no. hopefully not. Uh, Damian Williams sounds like he's going to get the first crack at the Atlanta early down work. Uh, just something to note if you picked up Algie or late or Damian Williams late, he is probably going to get first crack at early down work. We'll keep an eye on that in week one. Um, Jeff Wilson getting some hype as a clear 49ers backup. Elijah Mitchell, not a model of health. Should also see third down work. Another thing we'll keep an eye on volume-wise. Just notes to pay attention to. The Texans signed tight end O.J. Howard. Um, Watch list him. Very thin group, and he actually should have a lot more talent than Brevin Jordan. Oh, wait. <laughs> I just had a moment there. I was like, oh my god, I have the same water bottle, and then it was, well, no shit, I have the same water bottle. It was in the spectator pack at Peoria. <laughs> <laughs> How does that even happen? Uh, and then some procedural moves. Nikhil Harry to IR for the Bears. Uh, Sam Darnold, the IR for the Panthers, and Brian Robinson to the NFI uh, non-football injury list, all going to miss at least four weeks. So there you go. That's all I there got for news. Easy peasy. And, Lemon squeezy. And now. News. No. That was news. Weekly preview. <sighs> Right, Dan, you got your shit pulled up. You ready to go? Or you want me to start this one? Let's go. It. I got it. I got all the spreads pulled up. Raise it right now. All right, go ahead. Go ahead and uh, you do what we did last year. You intro yep. with the spread. Give your take, and then we'll pivot off, peel off. Yeah. So again, this is based off FanDuel. FanDuel will will pull from you know from various of their of their Vegas odds. Generally, most odds. I'm just gonna you know shout this out now. You will never see a major discrepancy in odds unless there's like a promotion going on. So if our odds are different from yours, generally it's going to be half a point in other direction. So don't, so don't freak out. Right now, Bills are two and a half point favorites over the Rams, uh, 52 and a half seal over under. Um, I like, I like home teams week one. Um, both teams have yet to actually, both teams didn't do any major changes this offseason in terms of their starters. I like the over more so than the spread. Um, I have not pulled up the historic opening Thursday night games of the season, but you take two of the top seven prolific offenses from last year, offenses from last year. Uh, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to envision this game going under. Both defenses are good, but both quarterbacks are better. So, 
this should be a shootout, at least higher pace of play. Uh, I don't love to spread in either direction. You might as well just do a, a pick them. I would lean Rams, though, if we're going to do the spread at two and a half, at plus two and a half. Yeah, I'm with you from a fantasy perspective. This is one of those games that we're going to break out, and it's going to be chalk. You know, your top top receivers for the Rams and Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup, your top receivers for the Bills and Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. You drafted all of those in positions where you plan on starting them. You absolutely run them out there. Should be a pretty neutral game script. If anything, I expect this to tilt a little bit more towards high scoring, as we have seen the Thursday nights do. Tend, Thursday night openers tend to do in recent years. Running backs are both running back by committee. So, um, you know, it's very likely you have better options on your roster. If you are flexing people in, the Rams last year were not very good against the run. So, um, Devin Singletary was on a heater to end last season. Just going off of that, expect him to get a lot of the early, a lot of early looks, especially in the receiving game. But that is going to be a three headed monster for the Bills. And we'll need to see how that breaks down. Akers and Daryl Henderson. Um, really expected to be kind of a 1A, 1B punch. I wouldn't expect a whole lot out of either running game. And then Dawson Knox is the only tight end I want to start here. We mentioned Tyler Higby might getting a few more targets funneled to him. Rams typically not a tight end productive offense. So for the last 11 years, two games have gone under 30 points. Mm-hmm. Most have gone over 50. So again, take the over. Ryan, you are now doing DFS... For the FF face-off I am. network. So if you want to, why don't you, and if you don't have anything else to add to the betting lines and to the fancy actual, why don't you give us some DFS play in this game? Well, this one's kind of tough because it's it's just, they only do like the Thursday special, which is the only one I think is actually worth playing. And the cat, like it's super expensive. It's hard to play because it's so like, you have to try to find that right player. But like Gabe Davis at 10,800 would not be a bad play at all. Because the Rams' defense wasn't that great mm-hmm. as a secondary. And I think Davis, you know, Diggs is going to get his. But I think, you know, as we saw last year and then also in this preseason, Davis was starting to step up and that breakout is still in the process. So he's one player I would definitely be worth looking at playing. And also another one, if you want to go a little bit on the cheaper side, Allen Robinson. He comes in at 9300 And this is all on DraftKings. You're looking at FanDuel. I'm on DraftKings. What? What are we looking at for a guy like, you know, an Isaiah McKenzie or with Van Jefferson not going, maybe a Ben Skronek who will plug in there and could be a a low start type guy that could prove a difference maker in, in tournament? Uh, who's the other guy? It wasn't Skronek. I was the other guy I'm thinking of. Oh, uh. Atwell? Lance McCutcheon. No, McCutcheon. Who? McCutcheon, or how do you say his last name? Yeah. He's a rookie. Bless you. <laughs> and uh, he was looking better than... Um, well, not than Skronik, not hard to do. Yeah, Skronik, right. <laughs> and, and, you know, anything's better than Tutu Atwell also. So he would be like that one, like, dart throw up play I would play. I wouldn't play Skronik. I'd go, I'd go even cheaper because he comes in at 300, which is the absolute cheapest you can get. So it's basically mm-hmm. like a free space. And then you can try to build up even higher on that. Uh, just remember, for these single games, DraftKings, when they do their captains, they... One and a half their salary to get one and a yeah. half their points. They have six, including defenses, and and then FanDuel. There's no price increase, uh, but it's one less player position. Uh, DF or DraftKings is full point PPR. FanDuel is half point. 
those are probably your two major differences, especially single game when you're you're going to be crafting your lineups a little bit differently. Gabe Davis at that price for a captain spot when you're playing boom, especially in those large those large pools, those large tournament pools, not bad, not a bad play at all. Um, and DraftKings gives you three points also for going over 100 rushing yards or 100 yeah. receiving yards, mm-hmm. too. So that's another thing to look at, too, when you're setting these lineups. Yeah, we're not a major DFS show, so we won't jump into the uh, the art of building, you know, just single game lineups. There's plenty no, of uh, great info hard. on there, but uh, no, just a few players that we like for building those lineups. Indeed. All right. That puts the bow on the Thursday nighter. All right. Pittsburgh at the Bengals. Bengals six and a half point favorites. Over under is at forty four and a half. I don't love this game. Uh, I don't know how healthy, how truly healthy Burrow is. There's one thing that Pittsburgh has that's good at. It's their pass rush. O line was definitely a point of, you know, was a point of improvement for them in the offseason, and they tackled that extremely hard. So. This is a game I, I I'd honestly would just stay away from. Measuring stick. Um, yeah. It's going to tell a, us a lot about the rest of the season, how well that Bengals little line holds up against the pass rush. Yeah. And, and and I think it'll be fine. If anything, I I this would be an avoid. Like the overrunner just feels like it's at the perfect spot and you're just you're just playing a coin flip. Uh both spreads are, are at minus one ten. So there's the drafting or the the betting public is not even leaning in one direction right now. So I I, I don't like this game. Uh, it's a rivalry uh, game. A person, yeah, yeah. Like if you really want to get, you know, to it, you can take Pittsburgh and the points. Um, week one of the NFL, we have no clue who these teams actually are. We have good predictions of it, but uh, there's a reason why the highest spread on here is only seven and a half this week. And, and, and that's because of the, of the, the oddity of what week one is and just how many upsets we could see. So um, mm-hmm. this game personally, though, I'm, I'm just, I wouldn't bet. I'm still pretty comfortable with, you know, a Bengals money line play. Just like, Minus I don't, I don't like the spread, but yeah. it's not great odds. If you throw them in a, in a, in a pick them, I mean, they're not heavy odds towards the Bengals, but if you throw them in a pick them, I think that they've done enough to address the O line. This is still an offense with elite skill position players. Um, and I don't believe that Pittsburgh's offense can necessarily keep up in their current state. We're going to see what they are, but just looking at it on paper, I think that your real edge there comes in with the Bengals offense. I think they've done enough to address the O-line, um, and they have good enough skill position players that they should walk away at the W here. Yeah, like if you want to throw their, you know, throw the money line in a big, you know, Money line parlay, by all means. We're big advocates for three, four. We love five we game pick them parlays. <laughs> we do like them. They're they're not they're they're more for fun. So when you're doing these, don't throw a lot of money at it because they're no, they're, a couple they're bucks. Very bad odds, but um, you hit one, you if, feel great about it, and if you not, yeah. then you're out ten bucks. <laughs> generally, every year I hit one early, and I'm like, all right, guys, this is it. And We're doing it all the time. There, yeah, every fucking week. I'm two. Fantasy perspective on this one, um. Again, Burrow, it was an impendectomy. So he should be close to 100% at this point coming off of that. It's not like you're dealing with soft tissue issues or, I guess, technically an organ is soft tissue. But (laughs) you get it. Um, You're not dealing with strains or anything like that, anything structurally wrong. So 
You know, I am relatively confident in that. You drafted Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins to start them. You absolutely do that in week one. Um, it's a little more interesting on the Steelers side. Obviously, you drafted Najee Harris to start them. You know, you don't need to get cute with quarterbacks right now with Mitch Trubisky. Um, where it comes down to is when you get into guys like Deontay Johnson um, or even George Pickens, you're now in the area where, well, do I start these guys? Um because you may have some guys in better games. And I will say this. I'm comfortable with Deontay. As much as we believe in the talent of Pickens, don't be tempted by that in week one. Um, game script-wise, Deontay should have a fine floor. Pickens, we're going to learn what his involvement is going to be and what we can maybe expect from him on a week-to-week basis. And just love Pickens, but rookies in week one, especially on offenses where, you know, nothing is necessarily solidified other than Najee Harris is going to be a bell cow back. You kind of got to hang out and, and watch for a minute. And what we've like tend to find out too, is that we, we can't really overreact to, you know, to the first couple of weeks as teams are so trying to figure out. We always say know, it's about week four before we know anything. Yeah, for about sure. week three or four is when we start to truly start to see how teams are going to be. And that's just not even taking into account injuries. So we love Pickens here, right? Oh, absolutely. Historically, wide receivers don't get off the starts, as, you know, as Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson do. And let's not forget that it took Justin Jefferson until week three, Mike Zimmer, because of it, for him to actually have a blow-up game and then go on to have his dominant rookie season. And Jamar Chase was vastly inconsistent last year yeah. um it made most of his say towards the end of the season so don't for a guy like pickens who, who kept climbing up your draft boards uh you know towards the back or half of of august and now in september it's not something you should just give up on after week one if no. he doesn't have a good game no and i also don't expect this game to be particularly high scoring either which is why you don't need to get get cute with the rookie in week one no not no. not here if you're gonna get cute with somebody do it in the bills rams game but again, you shouldn't have to. Yeah. If you're having to get cute this early, you screwed something up in your draft. <laughs> God, please don't. There wasn't, I mean, oddly enough, there wasn't a lot of major, there was no major injuries for any of these, like, super top flight, you know, fans. No, guys. not so, in training camp. A lot of teams stayed intact and relatively healthy. Did a good Ryan, job of protecting them. Yeah. Hop, you want to go up? On the Pittsburgh side of things, or or is that what we got? I just did the Pittsburgh you side. You just of did Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh side. Did the Pittsburgh yeah. side. Yeah, that's just, what I got. Well, it's so it, it's so small that I you know I, I must have just missed it. Ah, uh, you're not the it, first person to say those words to me. And looking Ryan, at like the and like, like, the, like the DFS place. side of it, I would just go Hayden Hurst because he's one of the cheapest players and something that you can be more comfortable with at thirty three hundred dollars. Because like you said, you know, with Jamar Chase, he's at seventy one hundred, and you don't know if he's going to have that boom game, a bust game, or. You don't want to eat that kind of cost so early. You know, you kind of want to, you kind of want to play it. You don't want to be too like risk adverse at it. You want to kind of just play it smooth because you don't like you already say we don't know what's going to happen after week. You know, week going into week one, we assume, but we don't know anything until afterwards. And you don't want it. This isn't a game you want to be overexposed to, anyways. Like no, like if you're playing in the large uh, GPP pool, large GPP tournament pools, you'll want to have some. Some, you know, would, some Burrow Chase, some Burrow Higgins, maybe, you know, a triple sack with a Deontay Johnson comeback, something like that. But this is not a game you want to no. expose yourself too much no. to just because 
we don't expect this, especially Vegas. We there's no expectations in this game to be high scoring. No, my other pause with I do have a little bit of a pause with with Aiden Hurst, and I agree with the the price thing. Is that you look at their games last year against against Pittsburgh and CJ Uzama, and I think that there's some comparable talent there between the two. Um, Hurst is more talented. Yeah, definitely upgrade on him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, let him prove it. Um, three receptions, three targets, nine yards, and one target, zero receptions, zero yards. So it's not just that the targets weren't necessarily there either. And the Bengals, um, really for just looking at Uzama, uh, they targeted the tight end more than seven times, or sorry, more than six times once all season. Uh, three times over five. So. Just something to keep in mind there as you're you're shooting tight end. But I I agree that it is definitely a cheaper option, especially if the tight end is the last place that you're filling in. Why not? And generally, it's a pretty funneled offense. Yeah. And that's not counting Tyler Boyd, who I like. And he definitely should be on teams. Again, no one's hurt yet for this team. Like, nothing of significance to the receiving core. So... You don't got to get cute with Boyd, and that just means the same thing for you know for Hurst and and what they can do. That's why they're they're so cheap in DFS. All right, moving on. Philadelphia at Detroit. Philly's three and a half point favorites. Over under is forty eight and a half. I've seen this line range from three and a half to four and a half, which seems pretty high for a range discrepancy. But I love Detroit at plus three and a half. Um, they're going to play this game Philadelphia, closer than a lot of changes to that mm-hmm. team. A lot. Both sides of the ball. I love Philly this year. I, they, they were my Super Bowl pick because I needed one, you know, last second. <laughs> but <laughs> it would not shock me if this team gets off to a slow start. Detroit played very, very strong. You know, they played a lot better than what they were last year. I don't expect that to change now, even with expectations slightly rising by slightly. Now people are talking about them as a dark horse playoff team. You know what? Great expectations. I like them against the Eagles, though. This is my week one upset. Okay. I'm going to plant it here. If I'm picking an upset in week one, I like this game the most to be that upset. Like you said, the Eagles got a lot of... um, a lot of changes, offensive, defense, defensive side of the ball. Um, I think people do expect them to ultimately be a playoff team. Uh, Detroit's got continuity amongst the coaching staff, continuity amongst the quarterback and their top wide receiver. DeAndre Swift back, TJ Hawkinson back, major upgrades on offense, some upgrades on defense. And we saw all last season they paid t- played teams a lot closer than what they should have. I think week one that's gonna that's gonna pay off. They're gonna be able to play. Philadelphia close and I think that continuity is going to come forward and they are uh, going to upset the Philadelphia Eagles in week one that's planting it right there that's my most likely week one upset money lines at plus 166 well not not terrible uh, I like the over under or I like the over at 48 and a half this game is going to be close just because Detroit's being able to keep uh, keep up with what I think could be some quick scoring from Philly so like Detroit to cover, um, I would probably still just itch closer to that than just picking them as a flat out win. But um, I love to call out either way. Uh, Jacksonville, Washington, 
technically Jacksonville is the underdog would be my upset of the week. I, I do that because I don't I think that should be Ron. But anyways, when we get to that game, um, so yeah, Detroit to cover three and a half. Hopper loves the money line. I like the call. I'm sure Ryan does being a Lions fan, so I don't have to. I don't get too much. Oh, no, I want to hear it. No. I want to hear if he likes. God blood. damn it! Don't be, don't be one of those fucking the cynical fans. There's, there's already me and Hopper on the show for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. You got to be the overly optimistic Homer. Like, I'm not gonna say a word. Just so you guys can think whatever <laughs> you want to think. All right, Hopper. next game. No, we gotta no, we got to do fantasy. Dang I'm either gonna be right or I'm gonna be wrong about that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> you can't be you in the middle on it. Yeah, there's some, yeah. some, there's some third option. All the above. Oh, wait. Playing the odds of that last statement. Jalen Hurts is <laughs> Jalen Hurts, obviously you drafted him to start because of the rushing floor. You're going to do that. Um I don't think Jared Goff has any significant streamer status this week. It's week one. You shouldn't be talking streamers yet. Anyway. Um looking at some of your other plays. Trust the Amonra St. Brown target volume. Trust Hawkinson. Trust Swift. You drafted all of them. Well, you drafted two of them in positions to start. You're fine with Amonra. I like Amonra better than, I think, Deontay this week. Um, in a game we've already talked about better than, than several other players, especially when it comes to floor. So go ahead and trust what you saw last season. Trust him to get some target volume. And even if it only does amount to, you know, the seven receptions for 70 yards, you're okay with that as your wide receiver three or your flex. So go for it. As far as the Eagles go, you're going to start AJ Brown because you drafted him too. I don't want to do anything else. Somebody's, you know, Devonta Smith, we're going to have to see what that target volume's like, and that's going to fully depend on how much they throw the ball. We don't know how much they're going to come out and throw. If it's 30-plus times a game, Devonta Smith has viability. You know, sorry, 35-plus times a game, Devonta Smith has viability. If you're in the mid-20s with Hurts rushing as much as he does, then you're not going to feel so great about Devonta Smith. So don't roll that dice week one. Um, the other thing to be wary of here is Philly running backs. It's running back by committee. Um, you, I think people think that's going to lean towards Miles Sanders. Kenneth Gainwell saw a lot of receiving work last year. You don't. You did not draft either of those players in a position where you have to start them. So don't. Dallas Goddard is actually the second receiving option I like for Philly over Devonta Smith. Uh, just because of the safety blanket, because of the depth of position, wait and see how the targets break down. You know, don't run for Devonta Smith. And this is another guy that I just, I like him on around more than you don't have to start Smith. No, I, I like your call on Dallas Goddard. Cause I think he's a good DFS place too. Cause he comes in at $4,500 for the Philadelphia side. Because once you get past Detroit's defensive line, their linebacking core is, Nothing to you know brag about, so he could be definitely open. He'll he'll be that nice safety blanket for Jalen Hurts, especially what we've been seeing during the uh, preseason. But then also on the other side of the ball, I like getting a uh, DJ Shark back in the game. Big plates, right? Like like a lot of people be leaning Amon Ross St. Brown thing in that, and trying to go you know even cuter going Josh Reynolds. But I think DJ Shark is actually going to have the nice bounce back week. And coming at forty eight hundred dollars, that's not a bad play, especially as a wide receiver three. No, it's a really good comeback play for if you're building a Philly Lions game stack in your mm-hmm. DFS lineups. Um, 
hundreds. I was looking at him in the in the preseason quite a bit too. So yeah, what Chark? Yeah, Chark's going to be interesting to me. Um, fresh place, fresh space. Um, you know, typically uh, more of a field stretcher type, and you know, Goff did do a little bit of that with with LA. So it's gonna. He's definitely somebody early season. I'm. I'm going to pay close attention to, um, you know, a little bit of an enigma there, huge rookie season, um, kind of tailed off after that for DJ Chark. And then just the way that he's used, you know, you don't necessarily think about that meshing with Jared Goff, but I think it, I think it is a, you know, something that could be sneaky good just because, you know, my thought process is not going to be that different from the thought process of most others. And, you know, he definitely has that boom potential. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Largest spread of the week. Colts versus Texans. Seven and a half point favorites the Colts are at. 45 and a half is the over-under. Uh, Houston all day. This is probably my favorite bet of the week. Um, I don't think Houston wins this game, but I, I just don't see the Colts winning by, by more than a touchdown in this. You know, you know, Colts are also competitive with Davis Mills. Not as... Not as consistent as what the Lions were last year, but Houston could take that step forward to a point, not to them making the playoffs or nothing, but to be a little more of a true competitive team in week in, week out, uh, especially because, again, week one, um, that Colts offense, Matt Ryan, new to the team, I uh, would not be surprised if they get off to a game or two slow start, um, at least looking a little bit rusty or, or a little bit more inconsistent on the offense side of the ball. I'll take the seven and a half gifted points, the more than touchdown gifted points from them over under at 45 and a half is whatever. If, if you want to bet that I wouldn't, I, I, it's a little too rich for me, but it's it's in that sweet spot to where I don't really want to dabble with it. So my advice, take Houston in, in the points. Yeah. I'm, I got no problem there. Good. <laughs> How right. much for fantasy here? Uh, at least I don't. Um, <laughs> pretty chalk. Pretty yeah, chalk. It, yeah, it, it is pretty chalk. The one thing I would say is the uh, Colts were, you know, bottom six teams in the league in points allowed to running backs, as in they were good against the running back last year, especially against rushing running backs. Um, yeah. Over the last, I think, five weeks, they gave up less than 400 yards. So, uh, a lot of hype around Damian Pierce. Not a great matchup for him. So, that's kind of my one fantasy cautionary thing, is it's another guy that you draft in a position where you don't have to start. So, maybe just don't and see how that pans out. If he can perform against the Colts, then you're going to feel a lot more comfortable about that because the Colts do have a good run defense. So... Uh, other than that, yeah, it's pretty chalk. Brandon Cooks, Michael Pittman, see how the targets shake out between Paris Campbell and, and Alec Pierce. Uh, one other play that I do really like here is Mo Alley Cox. He is going to draw a tight end. Uh, the tight end start for the Colts should see target volume, and Matt Ryan does have a, a very long track record of liking to throw to his tight ends. So Mo Alley Cox is probably the. <laughs> the most profound person I can give you is somebody I'd want to start in this league or in this game. Uh, we also don't, 
and we'll just go back to the Houston side running back. Mm-hmm. Pierce may be named the starter. We know at, at some points that that doesn't hold much weight in terms of snaps opportunity. We still don't know what the true snaps opportunity is. He'll he, he'll start. He'll be out there play one, especially in the receiving started. game. Yeah, and if yeah. this get, especially if the if the Colts do get up early, uh, double digit point lead, we could see a lot more Rex Burkhead. We don't know what the pass catching roles are going to be, but Burkhead has the longer history of being that. Yep, and, and Royce Freeman is actually a, is also a better pass catcher than what Damian Pierce is. So yeah, and 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 and, and Burkhead at the very least is probably a better pass blocker. Yep, at their points in their careers, so. Be cautious of that. This is this game could go pear shaped pretty quick. That's why it's the largest spread. There, there's a very realistic, you know, chance that that Houston does get down early in your Pierce play, which over the past two weeks you probably had to pay up a, a pretty penny for, being that he went from a a tenth to eighth to a sixth through fifth round pick. Pretty good chance that you know there, there's a stronger enough chance that you know, a lot of you out there you know took him as your RB two, some as your RB one, and your heavy wide receiver starts. Um, be a little cautious with this, with this game with him, and also don't don't overreact to Pierce potentially being game scripted out early, or at least at some point in the second half and and during two minute drills. So, just want to throw that out there. And from a DFS perspective on that one, like with the Houston Texans, they have Damian Pierce at forty eight hundred and Rex Burkhead at forty nine hundred. So, so <laughs> you know, it's just like you know, we can, yeah. we kind of know something's gonna happen, but it's like you know. Which which way is the pendulum going to tilt? Is it going to go Pierce? Is it going to go Burkhead? You know, I'll go Burkhead. Like exactly. It's just like it feels like you spend an extra hundred dollars more. You want to go Burkhead? And it's a contrarian play because Pierce right now is already being shocked as like number one cash play, and it's like, no, please, they'll do not play Damian Pierce in cash. No, it's, it's yeah. a very he bad, makes me too nervous now. That is too bad, and he's gonna. I think his owner percentage is going to be too high in large uh, tournament pools. Burkhead's Ryan Agarthu is the right call. Nice but I feel like one one big chalk play though, Michael Pittman Jr., fifty five hundred dollars, man. I mean, come on. You, Week you know, one pricing's been... always good because they want to get people to keep playing and winning. It's hopefully, just like, like you're, you know, we, we all see all off season long. We talked about Pittman Jr. being this wide receiver one, wide receiver one. I mean, you look at rankings. You know, he's a top eight, top ten wide receiver, and we're getting him at wide receiver three value on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. It's it's must play. Must play. That's I, there. I, I, that's on purpose. I get yeah. it. That, that is totally calculated. I also don't like, or not like. I also don't love the. You know, I love wanting the game stack with Matt Ryan, uh, Pittman, little little Paris Campbell, or or Moe Cox or Alec Pierce with that tri yeah. stack. Not not heavy exposure, but a little bit, a little yeah, fun there. Very it's nice, my, very yeah. cheap. Yeah, and you do a little bit with the Rex Burkhead comeback play. You can gobble up all those fourth quarter uh, garbage time checkdowns from yeah. your boy Davis Mills. <laughs> yeah. All right. Saints. <laughs> God, this game. Saints at the Falcons. Saints are five and a half point favorites. Hold on, by the way. Oh, important sorry, news. My 102. Austin Eckler. Okay. Always. Oh, it did start. It did start, yeah. So you went Austin Eckler over the receivers? I went Austin Eckler and over Christian. I was the 102. I went him, yeah, and CMC. And it's super flex, so take that for what it's worth. Well, it is a home league, so that could literally mean anything. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. This is an analyst league. Oh, uh, oh no. The... So you didn't take him. Somebody else took him, right? No, I took him. You took him. It's an analyst league. I took him. Okay. Um, Don't ask me why. This is pretty much a uh, no-bench league, so it's just okay. a fun little caveat there. Perf- no. 
Anyway. Anyways. All right. Saints at Atlanta. Saints are five and a half point favorites. 42 and a half is the game total. I actually don't mind uh, taking the home team and the points. Atlanta plus five and a half. Um, Saints are a completely new team. New new coaching staff. Winston back and healthy. We don't know Michael Thomas's health. This could be a heavy Camara and Mark Ingram game. New with Jarvis Landry. New with Chris Olave. Uh, defense is getting older. Land is going to suck. There's no doubt in my mind on that. But if there is a game that they can uh, pull, like if they can pull a Jacksonville in 2019 with Gardner Minshew, this is that win. And when I mean by that, they win one game of the year and they go one in 16 the whole way. This is the one game I think they could pull out at home against the Saints. Do not care about the game total because I have no fucking idea what these offenses <laughs> are going to look like. So I like Atlanta plus five and a half. I'll take the points. I think if this game was in the middle of the season, this would be closer to three. So I'll take the little bit of extra points. I'm with you. I like the Atlanta at five and a half call just because I do think this could be pretty close. We have no idea what to expect out of the Saints Ugly. offense without <laughs> this game is so gross. Well, it may not be though, right? Because we've talked about the Saints offense on paper and you know how they do have three pretty good wide receivers and a pretty good running back and a quarterback that we know can sling it, but they put the reins on him last year. So it's really going to, and he didn't have a lot of receiving options last year. So it's really going to come down to, um, you know, can they put that all together now? Yep. Since, since they have all of that talent, can they put that all together? And maybe they can, um, the Falcons have a little less confidence in that. So, yeah. it, you know, the Saints could easily have five and a half, but yeah. like you, there's still a rapport that needs to be built with Michael Thomas. You got to pull Chris Olave in. There's a lot that needs to work out there. So, I, I agree. I like the five and a half. Plus, there's no more Sean Payton there, too. So That's what I'm saying. Like, this whole offense is going to look. It, it's it, like I, I said, this could be a team like. This is one of those teams I'm looking at in about three or four weeks. Who the fuck are they? Because some people are penciling them as a potential wild card team in the NFC because with the lack of talent at the top there, you know, they can be competitive. They can go five and 12. One of those scenes where it's and with no major injuries. It's just how is this team going to gel? How is this receiving core going to gel? And how is Dennis Allen going to coach a lot of personality? In this, with Winston, Michael Thomas coming back, a Camara, Landry in his presence in this defense. So sure. Well, for fantasy, I can tell you that normally this would be a, a start your Saints, but again, you don't know how that's going to work. So start Alvin Camara. If you need to stream a quarterback, if you're starting streaming quarterbacks, Jameis Winston is not a bad one for that. But the receiving core actually has some questions around it. What's Chris Olave's role going to be as a rookie? What's Jarvis Landry's role going to be as a new guy? Combined with Michael Thomas, when both guys normally play the slot. Um, and how's Michael Thomas going to be after not playing at all last season? Those are all things that we just don't really know. So, you know, I think that I'm a little cautious. You don't got to get cute receivers. with this game. You don't got to get no. cute with it That's at all. That's the best thing about this. This is not even a game to get cute on. It's a, no. It's just the Falcons. You can, you can be cautious with it. You can start Michael Thomas if you think that he's immediately going to jump back out and be that same receiver with a new quarterback, a new head coach, and not. But I don't want to bet on it. I don't. I want to steer clear. And that's you. 
you know what? You might have points on your bench. That's fine. I'd rather make a calculated play where I'm reasonably confident in what's going to happen versus a Hail Mary and I'm going to run, you know, one of these Saints wide receivers out there and hope that I know how that's going to land or how that's going to flush out and how that's going to be. So, um, it's all in Kamara for the Saints. Jameis Winston, you can stream because I do think the opportunity is there for quarterback points. I just don't know where the ball's going to go. That's my problem there. For the Falcons, you got Drake London coming back off of a knee injury. Damian Williams is going to get early down work. So, you know, I'm okay with the Damian Williams over like some of these running back by committees in the earlier games just because you know he's going to get early down work. Um, and obviously Kyle Pitts. Again, you don't know what Drake, how Drake London's going to plug in as a rookie, what that's going to look like. Don't get cute with this game. Don't put yourself in a lot of exposure on this game. Absolutely. Yep. Speaking of exposure, Ryan, what is Michael Pitts' salary? I don't know if you have your things. Yeah, Michael up. Pitts. What is Michael? Michael Pitts. Michael Pitts. What is Michael Pitts? I got to fuck is Michael Pitts. I don't know. You said it. That's his yeah. fucking alter ego. Kyle Pitts' salary is actually quite affordable, to be honest with you. Coming oh, in at fifty seven hundred, yeah. so Ooh. he would be he, he would be one tight end I'd be willing to play. Like if I don't want to go cute on tight end, you know, like because you're looking for. Touchdown. He was cute. Travis Kelsey's the only probably yeah. the, him and Andrew are probably only your cute plays in terms of salary cost. Well, no, those are like your most like easy plays. You know, it's like oh uh, yeah, that's I guaranteed mean, I points would, play. I'd take Pitts probably over both of them based on salary. Yeah, based on salary, yeah, absolutely, I would do the same yeah. thing because he's the only option there in the passing game. You know, we don't we don't know what we can trust on Drake London. Like you know, Hopper just said with the knee, he's coming back from it. Well, and he's How a long rookie. Can he run on it? And he's a, and rookie, he's a rookie with yeah. a new quarterback. And who knows what the hell that offense is going to be. That's it. I'm running a naked cow pits. <laughs> and by naked, go. I mean by I'm not playing with any other Atlanta or Saints players. <laughs> yeah, not that he's actually running. <laughs> but actually naked. naked. <laughs> uh, by the way, rounds two, three, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson around the turn. Oh, what? Superflex. Superflex? Yeah. Wow. How many teams? Ten. God, that's it's pretty good coming around late. the turn with if the you top were to three tell running me, back. Yeah. If you were to tell me how that draft went without telling me the rounds, I would have predicted Herbert, Jackson, and Eckler, not the other way. There around. was no quarterback that went in the first round. The first quarterback was middle of the second round of Josh Allen. I suppose in a super fun. <laughs> like, it's an analyst leagues. It's got to be the no bench scene, right? It's got to be the. It's got to be. That or people forgot it's a super flex league. Either way. Anyway. What's next? <laughs> All right. Baltimore at the Jets. Baltimore is six and a half point favorites. And 44 and a half is the over under. Normally, I would be all in on the home favorites. And this is going to come off super biased, me being a Ravens fan. But I, I genuinely like Baltimore this week. I genuinely like the fact this team is healthy to an extent. Uh, defense, Jets are coming in without probably Zach Wilson. Joe Flacco being in, we know who Flacco is, mostly the quarterback of all time. No question. Um, Zach Wilson way, has not yet been ruled out for week one. By uh, the way. Even even just this game could rise when Zach Wilson is officially announced out, which would be what, by Thursday they have to have that? No, no, not by Thursday. My God. Anyways. Sa- Saturday, Saturday, Sunday morning. Sunday, <laughs> Sunday morning, morning at, at 1030. Um, or an hour and a half before kickoff. Uh, I do like Baltimore six and a half. I, I have the Love for this to be down to five and a half range, just a touchdown, but Jets it's I have a hard time liking anything about the Jets right now, especially without without Zach Wilson and the with a young Baltimore defense that's actually healthy. 
and one of the better secondaries on paper when healthy. I I I would I I take the points here. Um, I would trust take the over a little bit more if I knew the Jets could actually score points. I would actually hit the under. Baltimore gets up early. Um, we can definitely see them ride that that drain out the clock, run the football, you know, type of mentality. So um, this game has many different directions it can go in, but I I do like the Baltimore at minus six and a half. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways this game can go. This is another one where we're kind of looking at it like, okay, what don't we know? Um, we don't know. We do. Well, let's start with what we do know. You're going to play Mark Andrews, obviously. Um, I don't hate in this game because it is the Jets. We expect the defense to be a little bit improved, but I do not hate a Bateman play. Um, is, you know, especially in three wide receiver leagues. I do not hate playing a, a Rashad Bateman. I do like him more than some other guys this week um, for Baltimore. And then, you know, J.K. Dobbins, not quite ready yet. Mike Davis is going to get the run there on a team that will run the football. So go ahead and play Mike Davis. You can get a little cute there. Um, and it, it's it's going to feel a little bit cute. But go ahead and play Mike Davis there. Um as far as the other side of this game with the Jets, I want Michael Carter and I want Brees Hall out for game one, um, especially against the Ravens. Brees Hall had a not great camp. It seems like it's going to take him a bit to warm up. If I'm betting on anyone, I want Michael Carter in as a flex play this week. Um, also, Joe Flacco, I expect the check down game to be in play. Um, that's Michael Carter's kind of forte there. Um, I also... You know, expect the Jets to be playing from behind with that spread. A little bit more passing to go around, especially in PPR leagues on Michael Carter for that. Um, you know, Elijah Moore, again, you drafted in that kind of wide receiver two range where I don't love it. Um, I would avoid it if I could. I think really for me, it's, it's, I love the Mike Davis call. I got a question here. Mm-hmm. Mike Davis. Mike Davis or Damian Pierce this week? I'd go with Mike Davis. Ryan? I'd go Damian Pierce. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, we don't know. If, is J.K. Dobbins really, like, ruled out? You know, what's the status? He's not ruled out, but he's limping around, and he hasn't looked good all preseason, so I'm not going to – I'm not betting on the fact that they're going to give him more than a couple series, if anything. Beatty's on the practice squad. Gus Edwards is on the pop. I I like Mike Davis. I, I, I wouldn't play Pierce at all. I don't I don't have much confidence. I just I need to know a little more about the, the I feel like Davis is a trap. Davis, Davis could is a they trap. both could suck. This could See, be think, a think, shame bet by the end of the day. I think anyway. Pierce is is more we are gonna make this a shame bet actually. We're gonna bring that back. So all right. I'll, I'll, all right. you asked the question, so you're out. Ryan's I'm on out the, of this. I'm out of this. So you're out. So Ryan is on the officially on Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce side. Pierce. I'm officially on the Mike Davis side. Half, so whoever loses, whoever wins. whoever whoever wins gets to dish out a punishment drink to the loser. So you got to drink on the next show. That's how we do that. It doesn't uh, have to right. be your main drink. You can drink something else. You just have to have that on the show with you. Well, you got to review it. Yep. Yeah. And so, you have uh, to right, we're, not, we're not eating random things with ranch dressing this year. No, <laughs> that was never a punishment. That, <laughs> that was, was never. That's never. A that was trying to prove a point right. that you can't put ranch in everything. Was yeah, very quickly debunked. Um, <laughs> I actually. 
I actually would only, I think the only Jets player I would play this week is Elijah Moore. Um, it's, I do like the Michael Carter call. I just, I do not trust, again, this backfield. With Brees Hall's uh, capabilities as a third, you know, as an every down back, it may not matter how good he is as a runner if he's already surplant Carter in some of the pass catching work. But he hasn't. And there's nothing in, in preseason out of camp or otherwise that indicated that he had. So that's why I'm on Carter. That's, that, I, that's fair too, but. I I I, right, so I want nothing that? to do with the Jets. You have Damian. Uh, it, it's uh, Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce versus, versus Mike Davis. Davis. Yeah. All right. And you can write that in the show account. Half PP. Half PPR. Half PPR scoring. And you have to use the newspaper for your statistics. <laughs> I, 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 I am right now. I'm fucking with you, but yes. All right. While you're writing that down, DFS plays. Ryan, is there anyone here? What's I think Bateman. Bateman. I think Bateman's hand. the only price I'm interested in. Mike Davis will be cheap, so I think that's a fine play in tournaments. Yeah, Bateman comes in at 5,300, so he's an easy play. Mark Andrews, 6,800. You're on that uh, borderline high end. How high Isaiah, is? Le- I'm go sorry. Ahead. No, 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 I'm no, no. You're more important. You go ahead. No, no. I'm gonna say, how far is he behind Travis Kelsey in pricing? Uh, because I have to imagine those guys are one and two, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I have to look it up. If you don't have to, here, you keep talking. I'll look it up. Uh, or not. I just lost the game. So yeah, so you got Mark Andrews at sixty eight hundred, but then like a cheap play if you're really, you know because we've been hearing the Isaiah likely hype train going off, and I don't know how you feel about it. And they're saying he's possibly the number three on the offense. He's a cheap pitch, twenty five hundred. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care there's about no the fucking thir- way. I'm, I don't. I'm throwing him out there. Yeah, like, I don't. That's, like, well, that's, and there's no fucking way that in any week, at least without knowing the Ravens are going to pass a boatload more than I want the third or even the second receiving option. Or no, sorry, the third receiving option on the Ravens. Yeah, and the funny thing is, like you know, we've been talking about like how the well, you guys have been talking about how the Jets are going to have to throw the ball around. So DraftKings screws you on that because it's either you get Elijah Moore for fifty one hundred. Or Braxton's Barrios at four thousand. Everyone else is in between, so you're not really saving that much money. You know, you save eleven hundred dollars total going from Elijah Moore. What's Michael down Carter? To Braxton Barrios. What's Michael Carter? Yeah, forty. He is at fifty one hundred. Fifty one. And Brees Hall's at fifty five. That's high. I figured he'd be in the. I think he. I figured he'd be in the force. I mean, I they're. I mean, it's still so fi- sitting right where I'm so, at. Yeah. Again, it's still fine. I mean. For the Jets side, like it's still you're still gonna pick Elijah Moore because if yeah. you're gonna come that down to Braxton Barrios, it's probably based off a game sack. You're not throwing Braxton Barrios out there by himself. There's no fucking way, and you're not using this game as a gill, you know, as a game attack game to where you're game sacking this aggressively. No. I you'll you'll probably get a line, you'll get some lineups Braxton, you know, with Braxton Barrios. You're doing it as a Jets. You know, bet with him as a comeback bet or a, or a Jets building game where you're trying to go Jets in a shootout and Braxton Barrios somehow goes for, you know, for he'll, be in, the, he'll be in the million maker. Like, he'll yeah. be in that million maker no, this won't. week. And everyone would be like, God dang it. Should have played him. Someone jokingly said it's going to be Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll move on because, God, that game is gross. Move on to another game that's gross. 
New England at Miami. Miami is three and a half point favorites. Forty six and a half is the game total. I, I, I'm taking Miami, but I, I don't love it. I just don't like New England. Like, there's nothing about this this team that screams sexy that I wanna I wanna be a part of. I wanna actually hammer in bets with because. I, I just don't think Mac Jones is particularly great. I think he's fine. I just don't think he's electric. And Miami just had an overhaul on the offense side of the ball. New head coach, new play calling, new started running back, new started wide receiver. Uh, two of hopefully healthy and behind him is all the injuries that he's had since he's came into the league. Um, but they it's an overhaul receiving core. So we're talking about teams that can get off to a slow start against a strong defense. And the NFL's best head coach ever. <sighs> Maybe the under low scoring game. Miami kicks a field goal up one to win by four. I don't know. This is not a game I, I'm excited to talk about. Hopper, excite us with your fantasy talk. All right. For Patriots, Dolphins, uh, Patriots do no longer have JC Jackson. That should open up the secondary just a little bit for them. Um, so. You know, obviously Tyreek Hill, Waddle. I know that a lot of people drafted Jalen Waddle early. Um, look, it's a cautionary tale of wait and see. He's a lot like Devonta Smith in this regard, where I expect that he is going to have value. But it's the Patriots and the Dolphins. The Patriots do play tough defense. It seems to always be the case, especially against Miami. Um, so I don't want to run multiple receiving options out there for the Dolphins. Um, really, this backfield is another one that kind of reminds me of Buffalo, too, where, you know, is it going to be Mostert? They kept Gaskin on the roster. You know, how's that going to flesh out for the Dolphins in their backfield? I think that if you need a start, Mostert's fine, but I don't love that either. So... For the Dolphins, I mean, I really am probably going to run out Hill and kind of let's see how that offense shoots out. New head coach, new everything. For the Patriots, um, look, Miami's defense isn't exactly what I would consider fearsome. You do have some questions in the right wide receiving core and around play callers, but you know, the one consistent thing this offseason that you've heard week in, week out about the work that he's done and what he's put in is Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson is a guy that I want in my starting lineups this week in this matchup. Um, you know, we know that new offensive head coach, the Dolphins have added firepower, and it's going to be hard for Stevenson to get game scripted out. He had really good broken tackle numbers, and you've heard a lot about his route running and his receive and his receiving ability um, going up this offseason. So I think that he's going to be a hard guy to be game scripted out. I don't think he's going to be a bell cow, but you're going to add that receiving floor. And I do think he's going to absolutely finish as a flex value or higher this week. Um, so I'm actually pretty high on, on Stevenson, but I don't want to do anything else with the Patriots receivers either. You know, it's easy to say Myers for a floor play, but again, I want to kind of see how that settles out. I want to see with Tyreek Hill in the offense, what type of, bo- what type of volume is going to go to Jalen Waddle's way. I think that there's enough better matchups in this to where you can afford to see those types of things and see especially how this Miami offense is going to shake out. Other thing with Miami, by the way, is that you got a play caller that tends to favor the run, which also works against Waddle a little bit. All right. Well, the, oh, sorry, I got Ryan. You're That's more important this time. 
I was like, and that's my favorite for DFS when it comes to the running the ball in Miami. That's Chase Edmonds mm-hmm. at 5,200 there. I mean, he's easy, an easy play this week. Sure. I mean, you look at him, like he was the sought after running back right off the bat when free agency started. So McDaniels knows what, he, what he's looking for and what he wants in a running back. And I think Edmonds is the play this week for that. That's the name I couldn't think of. And that is, is that three headed <laughs> backfield. It's a little bit yeah. better of a three headed attack than what Buffalo's is, but it's still. Yeah, he also brought in Mostert, who's his guy. But I agree on on Edmonds. It's a it's a good cheap play where running back is a place where you can save some money this week. Well, if he if he you know you know goes off of what his mentor taught him in Kyle Shanahan, it, it's they're, lean on a it's lean on their starter who's healthy. Yeah, so they're gonna lean. So this may be a backfield you want to have a piece of because you can see a rotation of players that get banged up. But it, with Edmonds healthy. You may see, I mean, maybe we see a continuation from what he did in San Francisco. Just be talking about Michael Daniels and, and wanting to, we're going to run, we're going to run our starter until, <laughs> until he gets hurt effectively because they love small backs. They just love these, these slender frame backs. If for some reason don't want to draft any bruiser backs to do this. And Edmonds much. is a starter. Yeah. And Looking right now, Edmonds chart. is a starter. I it love that Edmonds, call. Yep. But, um, what I was going to say is I'm trying to figure out based off of ADP, just kind of give you guys a question between these running backs that Hopper, you mentioned Stevenson. We talked about Brees Hall and the Jets. They're going three and a half rounds apart. Pretty good chance that there's a chance for teams out there that have them both on their team, especially in Dynasty. Are you playing Stevenson or Brees Hall? I'd play Stevenson this week. Okay. Bride, where do you stand? Yeah, I'm not going to get cute. I'd go Stevenson also. Okay. I I'm there with you. I don't love either play. Um, I do. I just I don't love the Jets' backfield. I, I need to see what these snaps are going to shake out. But there is a there is still risk to see if it's in and Damien Harris taking on a little more of the work, or maybe it's a little more fifty fifty, and it's just praying who gets the touchdown. So figured I throw that out there. All right, three of three games left in the noon slate. Cleveland at Carolina, everyone's favorite. Revenge game of the week. Gross. On Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Panthers are a point and a half favorites at home. 41 and a half is the game total. Oh, one and a half. Baker gets one and a half over Brissett in this. Oh, ba- so Baker's going to. Baker is oh, playing walking play. revenge game. Home. Yeah. yeah d- 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 fucking pants are off because they can't hold his penis. It's too large right now. Ever was a chip on your shoulder revenge game. This is it. And there's one thing that we know is that Baker thrives and people doubt him. Yep. Um, This may be... Baker's going to be pissed off in this one. I'm going to get cute with this and probably do an alt spread of like 10 plus. (laughs) I don't (laughs) think Cleveland wins this. I would definitely alt spread it up to more than a field goal for sure. It's a point and a half. It's insane that it's a point and a half. Yeah. I get it that the Browns have a good roster up and down. They obviously have their holes. Except for that whole quarterback thing. Yeah, except the the whole most important position thing. Still, I, I like the Panthers roster. Obviously, Baker is not going to fully unlock this, but the best uh, quarterback this offense has had since uh, not often injured Cam Newton. So, um, Jake love Fulham? them at point and a half. What? No, nothing. 
Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> PJ Walker, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't care about the game total. It's it's it could get ugly, it could get cute. I I might have fun and go over with this because this is a game I actually want to see have a lot of points to be scored. But definitely love a Carolina at one and a half and just alt spread oh. that line up for fun. I'm getting goddamn cute with this. You are streaming Baker Mayfield as quarterback start. <laughs> like if you're streaming stream of the quarterbacks, week. let's go stream of the week right there. DJ Moore is going to absolutely eat in this scenario. Christian McCaffrey is going to be 20 plus points a game like he normally is. Like clockwork, like absolute clockwork. Now, don't go anything else. It's all going to be funneled through those two. But that's how I see that one working out from a, a Panthers standpoint. On the Brown side, Nick Chubb. Yeah. I mean, Brissett. Uh, I, I know Ryan. I know you love Njoku, but you don't have to play him this week. You can uh, still like not, him. No, it's not him this week. It's I'm not thinking Njoku. I'm thinking Hunt. You Hunt. know they're gonna be yeah, playing catch Hunt's, up mode. Hunt hates this team right now. Yeah, it's, who doesn't hate this team? <laughs> I know, but Hunt plays for this team, and he really hates this team. He wants off the team. They Dude, said, like I, he does. He wants off this team because fuck. No, this I don't. Team. I don't mind Kareem Hunt. But I don't so. mind Kareem Hunt either. I would take him as. You know, over any of the Dolphins' backs, any of the Bills' backs this week, any of the Eagles' backs this week, if you wait for some of that stuff to shake out, I think you're perfectly fine doing that. Um, maybe not over like Chase Edmonds, but if you drafted Moster, um, you know, Brian Robinson while he was catching hype, being being out for a bit, um, you know, yeah, I, I can definitely see Kareem Hunt being a good pick as far as all these split backfields go. Hopefully you don't have to play Cream Hunt. Hopefully you drafted him late enough, which I think he was a ninth round. Actually, per this, he was a sixth round, late sixth round pick. But it's like a zero RB start right there. I get, yeah, but he's not even he's not he's not a zero RB target guy. I don't know because he's too rich. It's it's almost too early for zero RB. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ryan, give us some DFS plays. I'm gonna keep the Baker Mayfield season going, man. I'm fucking do it, baby. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Three hundred dollars game sack. Here we go. Going with DJ Moore at six grand. Come on, you gotta play him. You have to play that just because it's gonna happen. And I think so many people are gonna be playing Baker Mayfield this week. It's not even be funny. I don't think people will. I think they will. I think it's like forty percent ownership. Oh, I think it's gonna be high ownership. You think it's gonna be that high? Yep. I can't no, not this. Not not in week one where Against Cleveland? No, no, not in week yeah. one. It's oh, there's gonna be too many good quarterback pricings and better game. The, guys, this is not a the bias aside, this is not a good game to attack. Oh, it's not a good game to attack. Because the Browns offense sucks right now. Okay, it's good, so no it will be forty percent, but let's give you a higher percentage than you're gonna believe. <laughs> Probably will be. Or yeah, fine. You'd be like, I'd be shocked if it's over. I'll be shocked if it's over ten percent. If Baker's owner percentage is over ten percent, I'd be shocked. I would be shocked because it, it, it's. I love the price, and I'm right there with you. And with Hopper here, let's let's have some fucking fun. Let's have some thing. fun with this one. But this is yeah. not. This is this is more of a my heart and everything else. This is not a game you want to attack, though. If you're going more of a logical, oh, I'm I'm attacking the Panthers side hardcore. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> like this is a little bit ownership. This is some of that fuck you money that you've won from last year. You're still rolling in. Um, but I love it. All right. You got any more plays? You got anybody on Cleveland at all? 
or, or just a pure fuck Cleveland week. We just I mean, said Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Hunt. Well, I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm, that, I figured that was more so for fantasy than No, that was also so DFS. DFS. You said Hunt yeah. for DFS, yeah. Okay. Because Chubb's at 6,500 and then Hunt goes down to 5,700. So that $800 savings is kind of huge right there. <sighs> it depends how, yeah. It, Depends on the price of other quarter or of the other running backs in that range. Like, well, and draft you spoke about PPR too. What was Edmonds at? Because you, there was 5, some talk. Of, okay, so I, I'd probably still go Edmonds over Hunt in that price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it it's all about where you're going to fit him in there. You know, based on just how you're kind of you know dabbling your your roster construction. Hunt that cheap compared to you know Chubb is obviously great, but I just this game. All right. Anyways, 49ers as usual. Yeah, I'm done with my draft. Planning. My attention's back just in time for the Bears game. That was quick. <laughs> well, was How many rounds was no it? No bench spots. So 10? 10? Nice. One, hold on. I got to count. One, two, three. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, nine. Nine rounds. Nine. Okay. No bench. No bench. Uh, All right. Ended with. Herbert, Jackson, Hill, Robinson, Eckler, Mitchell, Hawkinson, Jacobs, Gabe Davis. It's a very hopper draft. Very me draft. Yeah, that's a very much if I had to you know predict, I'd be I, I get pretty close. All right. All right. Niners Niners at the Bears. Niners are six and a half point favorites. Forty one and a half is the game total. Um the shockingly honest here, Trey Lance week one. Do you really want to ride a seven point favorite? No. Are they probably going to win? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Are they? Is there a very realistic shot that they win by a touchdown? Absolutely. Do I want to bet that? No. I, I I don't even want to bet the Bears a six and a half. I just just this offense is going to be that that bad, and it could get ugly early. And maybe you see a Niners Detroit week one last year where. Somehow, some way, the Bears make a comeback and make it closer than it should be. Um, there's nothing about this game I like at all. I, I don't like the six and a half spread for for the Niners and having to trust Lance in his you know first game as a true starter. And I don't trust the Bears' offense to actually keep this scene relatively close if it gets out of hand. And if it gets out of hand right away, it could be uh, I don't trust- quickly turned into a a run the football with Elijah Mitchell. I don't trust the Bears O line against the Niners pass. <laughs> that too, right? <laughs> I don't. I, it's it, it's bad all around. This is one of the ugliest games of the week, and it's a game that you would hope you could bet somewhere, some way, and you can't even do that. So, I would look at this game and just fucking black it out, like it doesn't even exist for DF, like or for for sports betting. That's just my thought process in this. Yeah, and for fantasy, I'm not not much. Better. The Bears defense is going to be bad. So, you know, Debo, obviously, the way that they use him, you can feel confident in that. Obviously, Elijah Mitchell. Um, and you're going to play George Kittle because of where you drafted him. Ayuk, I wouldn't get cute. I don't think this game is going to be high enough scoring to rely on that. And you're going to want to see how he does with, um, with Trey Lance. On the Bears side, it's pretty much Darnell Mooney. Um, Lots have been made this offseason about David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert and what that split's going to look like. The coaching staff not necessarily being in favor of Montgomery. You know, I think you can play him, but, you know, 
you're going to want some more upside in your lineup than that. I think that Montgomery, if you play him, you're really looking at floor. I don't think he's terrible. I just don't think you're going to get a lot of boom out of that, especially, again, this is a mismatch up front and in the trenches between the Niners pass rush and, and run block and run stuffing versus the Bears offensive line. Um, you're going to learn a lot about what the Bears offense is going to look like and how much they progressed. You're going to learn a lot about both, both quarterbacks in this one. That being said, they both offer good rushing floor, but don't get cute. No need to get cute in this one. Um, so Montgomery for floor. Mooney, you're fine with. They're going to be playing from behind, and he's going to be the top target easily. Um, you can find better tight ends to stream than Cole Komet. On the Niners' side, Elijah Mitchell, obviously. Kittle, because of where you drafted him. And then Debo Samuel, I think, should be pretty well insulated. I actually like Cole Komet, just given the absolute dark hole or black hole that is at targets besides Mooney. No, you know, we don't know what the top of the pecking order is in the receiving court. And we, we got this little bit report should be with, second, I think. with him. It, it's one of those where you drafted him so late where you don't have to play him. You can, I, I think he's a fine streaming item. Yes. His floor is literally two or three points, but there's ceiling there in terms of his, his target, his red zone target share was insane last year. Uh, compared to the rest of the field, not insane, but it, it's up there with with the best in the league. And there's not another like it's not going to be Mooney. Mooney's not a red zone threat. So if if they get a chance that they get down to That's the red true. zone for whatever reason, I like Cole Komet. It is going to be Cole Komet in the red zone. You're yeah, absolutely. And, and right that's about it. That. it. It's 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 that or you're sh- running it in. It's shitty offense, yeah. Dawson Knox. That's who Cole Komet is. It's that Komet. He, it's going to actually command targets because there's literally no one else. To take targets from him besides Mooney, and he didn't have a touchdown regression. Progression, it's got to be. Gonna, yeah, <laughs> I mean, so unlucky Plaza last year. Yeah, he had one touchdown all last season, so, so that's got to change for sure. Yeah, and, and and this game may be bad, but it, th- they'll have a red zone trip hopper, right? They'll have one. They'll have to. They'll, they'll have, have a couple. They're, they're, they're having to sling I think, it. I think. Yeah. I think they they're gonna have a couple. Yeah, they'll they'll do something. Ryan, what are the DFS plays this week or for this game? Well, Trey Lance coming in at 6,000 would definitely be a good play, especially since he can run it against that. Not going to be asked to throw isn't a lot there. either. It's probably good no. for him. <laughs> and then, like, you know, if they, if they, and then, like, you could, like you guys already said earlier, if they go up big, they can just run it with Elijah Mitchell. Well, he also comes in super cheap too at 5,400. 54? So yeah. He's Give me less that all than day. Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Give okay, me that all no. day. Yeah. No. Right. Another but, reason why. Yeah, yeah, no. 54? 5,400 on Mitchell? God, he's going to be high owned in cash for uh-huh. sure. Huh? Absolutely. That's probably Chalk. on purpose. It is. Week one scoring. Week one pricing, definitely. And then if you go to the other side of the ball, you know, you got Justin Fields at 5,600. That's not bad. You know, if you don't want to pay up for the Trey Lance. Because, you know, Fields is going to have to throw it. He's going to have to run it. He's got the arm. I mean, I don't know how you feel about Darnell Mooney at 5,700. That seems a little... It's a lot of targets, yeah. though. Man, yeah. He could have 10-plus easily every game, just given... I don't hate game that price on and... Trey Lance if you're trying to save a little bit at quarterback. Or not Trey Lance, on Fields if you're trying to save a little bit at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, if you believe in the progression you saw in the preseason and there is going to be rushing floor, you believe the Bears are going to have a couple red zone trips, which they should, he's going to get some runs on the goal line. Yeah. He could easily be Jalen Hurts this year. Yeah. What's Cole Komet? Six grand. No, I don't like that. Yeah, he's a little high. I, I actually like Kill Herbert if you're going to take a flyer back in Chicago. Take the 
I think the backup the, could the see backup more work. that's been productive. Yeah, he comes in at fifty two hundred. Herbert, Khalil Herbert. Yeah, what's coming at? Holcomb. Holcomb that comes in as as a, as a steal. What's what's his? What do you think it is? Forty. No. Uh, no. Thirty four hundred. Forty nine hundred. Ooh, thirty seven hundred. Thirty seven. Yeah. Flash. Guy. Hey, prices right rules. See- I just won. <laughs> you're gonna see some uh you're gonna see some fun Niners Bears game stacks because of that price. They're gonna like back it up with like a naked like you know McCaffrey or oh, something absolutely. like that. Or you know, like a naked, you know, uh, a cup or Jefferson. The truth that, that's so buds. cheap. That's so that's so cheap. Six K Trey Lance. I'm sure I'm sure like I'm sure Debo is probably priced pretty high, but you can get IU for cheap. Yeah, you get IU for fifty two hundred also. Yeah, I mean it's so he's also another cheap. Like, there's a lot of good players in this that you could play, thinking that you're gonna gonna fucking get me wanting to do a Niners Bears game stack. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. I would never do that. Never. You might. All right, all right, all right. Last game of the new before we get to the beer reviews. That's good because I gotta piss during guys' beer reviews. This one, this one will go quick and get more to drink. Jacksonville at Washington. Washington two and a half point favorites. Forty three and a half is the game total. Give me the under. Give me Jacksonville. Like I've been, ta- I've been hyping up this team all off season. This is a a very winnable game for them. If there's any sort of kind of statement to start the year that this is a new Jacksonville regime and new way of things, go to Washington. You know, beat up on a good. You know, beat a good defensive team, but a struggling offensive team. This is. This could be a statement win for them to start off the year. I love Jacksonville plus two and a half. Money lines at 120, so you get a slight bump into that. Love it. That's one of my favorite plays this week. Is either the Jacksonville spread or just the Jacksonville, excuse me, flat money line. So I'm gonna be a runner and a like. I'm gonna be a little bullish on Jacksonville as well from a fantasy perspective. Uh, you've got a, a Doug Peterson offense, which traditionally has made good work out of the tight end. You've got a new tight end here in Evan Ingram, and Dan Arnold was a favorite target of Trevor Lawrence. I'm all in on Evan Ingram this week. Travis Etienne should get the majority of the running back work, which should be plentiful, especially in the receiving game. There's a lot of line of scrimmage stuff to Agnew. Expect a lot of high percentage throws to get Lawrence comfortable, especially to start the season. Etienne should be a direct beneficiary of that. James Robinson can't imagine that he's going to get a ton of run especially coming right off the Achilles injury and then you know obviously Christian Kirk we made a lot about him as a as a steal of a pick in a relatively neutral game script they're targeting the crap out of him the type of player that he is I fully expect him to have a good floor and some wide receiver three uh value with upside which makes him an immediate start for me as well so I'm pretty bullish on this um yeah I really like the way Ingram profiles and ETN and I think Kirk is going to give you some really good floor here out of the Jacksonville offense. As far as the Washington offense goes, um, you know Jacksonville's defense, while they've added pieces, still not good. It is going to be a work in progress. Um, I do expect, uh, you know, that you should start Terry McLaurin. Um, just upside, he's the most experienced receiver here. Logan Thomas is a big question mark going into Week One. Not sure he's going to play. Um, some more target volume should funnel to McLaurin. Uh, J.D. McKissick is not a bad play. He should be the second target getter on this team with Antonio Gibson most, getting most of the running downs in the absence of Brian Robinson. So, um, you know, a little bullish on this game with pretty neutral game script. 
But I think there's a lot of good four players here. Uh, Gibson for Washington profiles that way. McKissick and PPR um, because he should be the second target getter with a question mark around Logan Thomas. We'll see how they use Jahan Dotson, but you don't want to bet on that to start the season. And then in Jacksonville, I you know there's just reasons to like the pieces that they added and how they fit this offense. Uh, Curtis going for 12 plus targets. That's my prediction. They're gonna they're gonna be like, all right, this is why we paid them. All that guaranteed $84 million. This is yeah. why we reset the wide receiver market. I mean, I got, the, team off. I got the floor on that at seven, so you're still happy there. And I think that 12 is very reasonable. I think I think first play of the game, play action, Kurt. Lawrence shotgun. No, not even play. Just Lawrence is shotgun sending Kurt out. Okay, now you're, getting, now you're getting too cute betting on plays. But. <laughs> Ooh, there we go. Fucking degenerate. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, DraftKings loves it too. They love Jacksonville. Let's, they have let's Trevor hear Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, fifty six hundred. Travis Etienne, fifty six hundred. Christian Kirk, fifty one hundred. I what? will take that at the wide receiver spot all day. Cheap. Evan Ingram, thirty five hundred. Yep. They they know what they're doing. They're sucking us in. Week one, baby. They want you to keep betting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's just exactly how you guys said it. We're seeing this improved offense coming. Everyone wants to see what it can do. So, of course, we're all talking about it. So we're all going to be all over this Jacksonville game. And, you know, going on the Washington side, I mean, Antonio Gibson, $5,800. I'll take that just because it's a cheap running back. You know he's an RB1 for that team. He's been... He's going to get the early down work for sure. Yeah. He's always been like a middling RB2 over the past couple of fantasy seasons. So as a fantasy perspective, you know, I look at it kind of like that way also. So $5,800, I wouldn't mind putting him in as my RB2 or flex play. And then that's pretty much it. Like, that's all I'd really play on the... What's McKissick at, just for my knowledge? 5100 Oh, meh. It's a little, a little pricey given some of the other guys within a couple hundred yeah. dollars of that. What's McKissick? McLaurin at? 6500 Yeah. I would go Kirk over McLaurin and at the price oh, absolutely. point. Absolutely. I mean, it's a cheap game sack, too. Again, that's generally the best way to... The take down the Millie Maker when you're building those big tournaments. I wouldn't use this game really for cash. It's just there's still some question marks. There's still some. There's a reason why these players are priced as cheap, and it's not just because it's Week One pricing. But mm-hmm. we are bullish. We absolutely love this Jacksonville offense. They've been a value all all off season. And Lawrence's he may not you know he may he may not come out and prove this. Still a, a good front four when they're healthy out there in Washington, and they're. Offensive line, while it keeps improving, it's not quite. I don't know if it's quite there yet, but it, it's uh, see this team hang up some points on them, not be surprised. All right, beer review time. Beer review, beer review. All right, Dan, go ahead. All right. I, again, drinking Goose Islands, Bourbon County. This is the 2021 edition. This clock is going to have 14%. For those of you who are not familiar with Bourbon County, Bourbon County is a bourbon barrel age imperial stout. No adjuncts added to the base here. Just whatever you can pull from the malt, whatever you can pull from the barrels that are being used. And it generally will always come in a little bit on the, uh, in terms of a drinkability, comes in a little bit on, on the thinner side. I don't love this year's as much as last year's. This is still a very, still a very good beer, especially if you like the style of beer. 
heavy, heavy on the milk chocolate, dark chocolate flavors to it. Not so much on the what they would call soy sauce when it gets super, super rich and and um and a bit thin the drink. This one does pack a bit of a punch to it still. So if you love this style, it's been around as we learned since 1992. So this has been this is the granddaddy when it comes to the barrel age styles, the barrel age releases. Bourbon County from a national standpoint is it's very sought after. And even though the the availability of Bourbon County has increased generally from store to store of which you see. Uh not it wasn't too long ago where bottles were just even regulars were hard to find. And now at the Benny's I used to work at, the liquor store I used to work at before the still, I would have two years worth of it on my shelf, three or four, six, seven, ten cases left over just fine afterwards. So um if, if you can find this, um, or if you get a chance to pick up uh twenty twenty two and enjoy. Ryan, what are your thoughts on the good old Bat Squatch from Rogue Brewery? It wasn't bad at all. It says it has tropical, malt, citrus, bitter, pine. I definitely get more of the pine when you first take the sip. The tropical when you kind of let, let, let it sit in your mouth a little bit. And then definitely after you swallow and that aftertaste, definitely very citrusy. So very good, very refreshing. The pine, a very good traditional West Coast brewery staple. I like the... Uh, the piney, the piney yeah, flavors. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Goes good with uh, white cheddar, grilled salmon, and strawberry shortcake, too. <laughs> That's what it says drink. on the can. Pretend like I don't, I don't know it says that on the side of the can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd drink that with a strawberry shortcake, but hey, I guess the uh, the citrus would help with a uh, cut through the sweetness. All right, Hopper. As you know, is uh, deep into your beer. Yep. So, Civilized Oktoberfest. Um, color wise, about perfect to what you would. It's a nice copper, very good clarity. Um, so, excellent lagering. On the nose, uh, definitely get moderate caramel notes. Uh, there is some medium low, toasty, bready notes to it, exactly what you'd expect. Um, where that really shines is on the, on the palate. So, mentioned before on this show something you should know when you're drinking german beer especially a lot of these higher malt styles that come out around this time of year do not drink them ice cold they are not designed to be drank ice cold more of the flavors are going to come out you're going to get more of the depth of that beer drinking it between you know 45 50 degrees a cool room temp close to what it's lagered at when this beer heats up to that temperature you're getting these nice, like, uh, brown bread and bread crust and toasty notes to it. Um, that's just supported by a little bit of a caramel backbone. Very, very mild, uh, bitterness from the hops. It's not really perceptible there. Um, with this, you know, medium kind of drying finish that's going to draw you back in, but there's a lot of great malt depth to this with those bready, toasty, and caramely notes that come out of it. This is a classic example of the beer. Um, yeah, easily would score in the mid forties for me. If I was judging it on a score sheet, very, very good example. Civil life is one of the better, um, Oktoberfest beers in the area. So if you can get it, absolutely go for it again. Just classic example of the style. Great job by them. I like the coolness of it. So basically what you're saying is you don't want it ice cold. You don't want it cold. So you almost want to put it like in a, like a wine cooler type of fridge. 
Yeah, had, pretty like, much. A fluctuation range. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much, and you know, or just take the can out and let it sit for ten or fifteen minutes before you pop it open. So the second one I poured here had actually been sitting on the desk for the first thirty-ish minutes of the show, and was about the perfect temperature. And it was pulled out of a fridge that was thirty-five degrees. So just let it kind of free your eyes up into the mid forties, and then drink it. You're going to get a lot more character out of that. And that's true for any beers that are malt forward. Absolutely. Actually, one of the worst things you can do to a beer is pour it in a frosted glass. Because you're going to kill all the flavor. Whoops. All right. (laughs) Well, yeah. I hate when they, I hate anybody that serves beer in frosted. Just, unless it's Bud Light, then I don't really want to taste it. Please put it in a frosted glass. Sure, fine. You know, it doesn't need a frosted glass. All, All reliable here. Old reliable. Oh, old reliable. All right, three o'clock games. Uh, one thing of note: there's not two Monday night games this year. There's just one. Thank God. I don't have to deal with that. They finally realized the West Coast game kept everybody up too late, unless you lived on the West Coast. Oh shit! All right. Speaking of West Coast games, battle of the lost, the battle of the new teams in their new territories. Raiders at the Chargers. Chargers are three and a half point favorites. <laughs> battle 50. of the lost. <laughs> the battle of the lost. Chargers are three and a half point favorites at home. Fifty two and a half is the game total. I like the Chargers to come out and win this game. Not only win this game, but cover. Um, you know, tough break for them in week eighteen last year and in that in that heartbreaking loss to the Raiders. Fifty two and a half feels like one of those fun game totals. Not the highest game total. We we'll get to that here shortly, but um I love the over. Both offenses are we're going to see some potential fireworks. Uh, Derek Carr may be the worst quarterback in that division, but he can definitely quarterback a, a game where it's a shootout. So absolutely love it. Chargers three and a half in the over. Yeah, for fantasy-wise, you're going to be bullish on this one too. Uh, on the Chargers side of this, I hate saying that you should play Mike Williams, but you should play Mike Williams again. Could be a shootout. Obviously fine with Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, uh, Justin Herbert. Josh Kelly listed as the backup right now. Isaiah Spiller actually listed fourth on the depth chart. Just keeping tabs on that. Not really any fantasy purposes there. Um, on the Raiders side of this, look, a lot's been made about Josh Jacobs over the offseason. There's no back on the Raiders right now that I'm worried about threatening Josh Jacobs necessarily. Um, Zamir White, I think I saw that he has been listed as deep as fourth on this depth chart. Um, our lads has him at two, but I thought I saw a report earlier that had him at four. Um, Amir Abdullah, we've seen him year after year after year. So Josh Jacobs completely okay with, especially given the run, all the running back by committee that's going around. Um, now flip side of this is that the Chargers do have a good secondary and they do have a good pass rush and that could slow the Raiders down. That doesn't mean that you're not starting Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, because you should. It's going to be a high-scoring game. You drafted them to start them. Hunter Renfro is absolutely going to have a boatload of floor, and there's a lot of options to cover here. But, you know, don't be surprised if you don't get big blow-ups, especially from Adams in week one, like, you know, what you might be used to with Rodgers. He could have a very, very, you know, floor-side game, especially if J.C. Jackson plays in this one. So just... You'll pay attention to that because the Chargers do have a good defense. They have a good pass rush, good secondary, um, and that could absolutely slow down this Raiders offensive attack, although a lot of people to cover. So stardom, you're at least going to get floor performances. I don't think they're going to be shut down entirely. 
Uh, it just could prevent it from being a full blow up. Yeah, I'm still on the play all fantasy players with the balls. Just no, I'm just yeah. up. just yeah. kind of trying to set expectations there. That oh no, for yeah. sure. We, we always know that the Chargers look absolutely phenomenal on paper. Again, they're they got to stay healthy on defense. So that's the thing that they never yeah, do. Absolutely. They're yeah, that's phenomenal on paper, them. and they're never healthy on defense, especially in the secondary. They have the worst luck with secondary pieces getting hurt. It's just insane. But again, very fun game. One of my more favorite games to watch this week for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I hate saying that I like watching the Raiders because. I know. It feels gross, but it does. This game should be fun. Ryan, a fun game to watch. Ryan, let's hear some of these. Uh, let's hear some of these DFS plays. I'm not gonna get cute. With the DFS, you're gonna play your studs. You're gonna play your Herbert, your Ecklers. You know, you're gonna set the, you're gonna build your lineup around those guys. But if you want to, I wouldn't mind throwing a, a dart throw on Josh Palmer at 3800, just because you know Justin Herbert's gonna go deep. He, he's gonna <laughs> go deep one of these times. And, he's, you know, he's the other he's outside. Go he's deep. the other outside guy. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the 3,800, if you get three to four times that, I mean, that's a hell of a return of value on that one. And then also, you know, if you go, I, I'm going to go the other side of the ball on the Raiders side and go with Hunter Renfro at 5,800. Yeah, I don't hate that either. And really, I think that, you, you know, with Derwin James, healthy J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., you know, look, Hunter Renfro is the guy that could actually see open targets given where you project those other guys are going to cover you know, I don't see them sliding either of Asante Samuel or they do have a good nickel back in Bryce Callahan, but not former Bear Bryce Callahan. But, you know, he's not exceptional. He's not the level of the other two cornerbacks. So, you know, Hunter Renfro, I agree. He's he's the one that could feast out of this. He's the one that could have the boom game. Mm hmm. They're all going to be good. I just, I'm just be. saying because it's going to be concentrated target volume. Like I don't even know who the fuck's behind them. All I know is it's going to be Adams, Waller, and Renfro. Adams is going to see Asante Samuel, J.C. Jacks. Like he's going to get the top one of their top outside guys, regardless of what side he's on. Mm-hmm. And Waller is going to see Derwin James, Renfro. As did you Hopper, as you mentioned, who's going to cover him in the slot? Third and run for a baby. And Nasir Adderley, yeah. Bryce Callahan is a good slot cornerback. He, he is. But Hunter Renfro is an otherworldly route runner. That is a mismatch. Things you just, you know? All right, let's move on to a game that's not fucking fun and very much disgusting. Giants, Giants at the Titans. Giants are, Titans are five and a half win favorites at home. 43 and a half is the game total. I, I just... I want nothing of it. The Giants could cover five and a half, but it's on the road. Um, they have a whole new offense, whole new team. It feels like everything feels reconstructed and built up. Mm-hmm. But Tennessee is out. It's without AJ Brown. Derrick Henry is coming off of his injury. We don't know what that's going to look like. Yes, they're going to force you know feed him the football, but twenty nine year old running back with a screw in his foot doesn't feel sexy, especially for betting wise, where this offense could struggle to produce points. This game could struggle to produce points. And 43 and a half feels like a lot. Take the under. Fuck the spread. But if you're going to have to take the spread, you can lean the Giants at five and a half. Or plus five and a half. 
Yeah, I don't love this game for fantasy either. I'm looking at the two running backs and not a whole lot else. I mean, if you have to start a wide receiver here, it's Robert Woods and, Kader- and a healthy Kadarius Tony. But I don't want anything to do with the receivers in this game either. You got better options and higher scoring games most places, uh, including a few more that we still have to talk about. Just get me completely out of this with anybody other than Derrick Henry or Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Robert Woods, maybe. Someone's going to have to catch some passes, but... Someone's going to have to catch some passes someplace, but I would rather have... You know, run out the rookie and and Tolbert, take a shot on running out Chris Godwin week one, who should, you know, play just shit his knee brace. You know, give me uh, a Hollywood Brown or, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, even Valdez Scantling with the Chiefs, like, over what you're getting in this game. And that's just looking at what's left, let alone the earlier games. This this is totally a game you want to attack in, in DFS, isn't it, Ryan? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, it's easy, you know, it's easy. Just take the two easy ones. Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley. I wouldn't even take just... Henry. I'm sure Henry's price is not fun either. It's not what, fun. What is Henry's price? 8600 Yeah, fuck. Nope. No. Nope. Barkley's probably, what, 79 78 Oh, you wish. No, he's a lot cheaper than that. 6100 He's a 61? bargain. 61 yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, fuck. I'll take man. that. Let's go. Naked Barkley all day with... Naked Kemet and I'll take naked Barkley. Just <laughs> naked Barkley. I mean, those, throw him into those quads on a naked Barkley. You got to oh, go for the yes. naked Barkley. God, he's gonna be. That's someone that could be you know thirty five percent plus and a cash exposure. Oh, oh, yeah, he's he, he's a he's a chalk play 61. this week. Sixty one. Thanks, thanks, DraftKings. Thank you. Great. All right, let's move on to a game with a little more excitement. Unless there's anything else, is there any other DFS Ryan that you want to? I mean, if, if you're going to throw out there. If you're going to really want to play a wide receiver out of it, it'd be, like Hopper said, the Giants side. And it's Katerius Tony at 4,100. He's the cheapest out of, out of the... pretty damn cheap, yeah. Yeah. So, 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 he, so he's still the best playing. He's least expensive. Like, he's he costs less than Galladay and Sterling. Yeah. Yeah, Sterling's at 49 and Galladay's at 48. Yeah. Jesus. I'll take, right. I would take Tony at that price if I'm looking to just plug somebody in that... Yeah. Can break one. A cheap option with, with some upside. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the, Titan, the Titans may be Hooper at best if you want to go really cheap tight end at 37. I don't buy in Hooper either. I don't mind uh, that. He had, a, he had a relatively high red zone target share last year. And uh, it's really just Woods until Burks gets up to speed. Yeah. I'd imagine Burks is going to have a package, but they're, he'll see the field. They're just going to ease him into it. So. Yeah. Maybe Hooper can sneak in a couple of early season touchdowns before Bricks gets ramped up to 100%. Yep. Alright, let's move on to a game that's actually exciting. Uh, Chiefs at the Cardinals. Oh, this should be man. your highest game total of the of the week, but is it? Chiefs are should be. I think it is. Uh, Chiefs are 5.5 point favorites. Over-under is at 53.5. I actually kind of like Arizona. Again, this is uh, high spread. No Hopkins does hurt, but yeah. they got to come out and try to prove something. And that's why I'm surprised that this is the highest spread of the week. Or the main, not spread, uh, game total. Or this is the highest. Sorry, this is the highest game total of the week is because you have no Hopkins on the Arizona side. I mean, they're trusting Marquise Brown or no Tyree Kill on the Chiefs side. Uh, yeah, well, but they, I think, did a better job of replacing that on. 
on the Cardinals side, you're trusting Marquise Brown to hold that up, and Zach Ertz is day-to-day with a calf injury and might not even play, so you're really trusting Marquise Brown to hold up their end of this. Well, that, and I think more so it's them expecting a back-and-forth. Both teams move at a very quick pace. Um, The Cardinals love the run from like the run from a no huddle, which is really mm-hmm. fucking annoying. Um, I still, I, I still will lean the five and a half the Cardinals because it's week one. Um, I don't love either play. Uh, the game total as Hopper mentioned, you're missing some key pieces from these teams last year. And Hopkins with the Cardinals Hill for the Chiefs, and while we can say on paper they replaced Harry Kill, a lot of new faces here. I think this um, is going to go under. There's a very realistic chance this goes under. I would not be surprised if this goes to this is actually under fifty. Yeah, I wouldn't. But I wouldn't be either. It's in it's it's in a it's in favorable playing conditions. You're in Obviously, a weather. Yeah, shouldn't yes. have too many issues. I, I see defense. why a lot of speed on both on both sides. Here. The defenses aren't great either. So there's a lot and of uh, narratives that you can really make to get to there. Yeah. We got our question though. Okay. First in season question, Alex McBuckets. What's up, McBuckets? What up? Hello. Should I trade DJ Moore, Cordero Patterson, and DJ Chark for Joe Mixon and Rashad Bateman? 12 man full PPR. I'm going to assume this is redraft because we're in the, we're, we're in the beginning parts of the season. I don't know if this changes between redraft and dynasty, but. I think I, I, would. I think I would too. I, I would too. The only piece in that that I, yeah, I think I would. You. The only piece I, in that I feel bad about giving up is DJ Moore. I don't trust Patterson to to repeat with you know they brought in the rookie in Algier. They they you know they he's not even being sought as a starter. He's going to be a receiving back on a low scoring offense. It might mix in as a wide receiver, so I don't trust. And he fell off last year anyway, so I don't trust Patterson to reprise that. And Chark is a pure dart throw that has some some unrealized upside, but could also easily be the fourth receiving option on that team. You're going for, you know, a second receiving op- option with more upside in Bateman and Joe Mixon, who should easily be a back end running back one. I would absolutely make that trade because the only thing I'm missing is DJ Moore in that deal. I think you're getting more value back in return. Yep. This Nailed is redraft. Um, I don't think it I don't think it would matter between I, I would take this side in both redraft and dynasty. Um, not to say that Bateman you know, you know can outproduce DJ Moore, but he could absolutely outproduce DJ Moore this year. Mm-hmm. Both offices are, are are not elite, but I'm betting on one to take the step. I'll bet on the receiver that's actually in a f- Funneled offense may not be as prolific of a passing offense. And are we really that sure that that Baker is a far better quarterback of throwing the football than Lamar? It, it, it could easily, we can easily, you are making a head in this deal significantly in upgrading Patterson into Joe Mixon and only giving up DJ Chark and a half of uh, DJ Moore to do so. And right. still get Bateman. I, I, I would and still get Bateman. I would do this deal even without Bateman. Almost, I, I'm. I, I, I. That's a. You're. Yeah. It's a. Like, it's a little more. I mean, for me, Bateman and and more. I think I do give the edge to to DJ more this season. I oh, get. I yeah, get yeah, the narrative yeah, that you're painting. 
Um, but that upgrade from Patterson to to Mixon because Chark is kind of an, an upside throwaway that I mean you can find you're going to find replacement level to DJ Chark on the waiver wire at some point this season. So that upgrade from Patterson to Mixon is big enough to where even if there is a slight downgrade at the wide receiver position, your team is overall going to be better because of it. Yeah, it, Ryan, and don't freak out either if Joe Mixon starts out slow because he's going to take off. He's got a couple hard games here off the bat. So if he starts off a little slow, more of like an RB two, it's going to come back. So I, I would, I would, one of, weren't they one of the worst defenses against the run last year? I've got to pull it up. Hold on, I'll let you know. I thought they were one of the worst against running backs last year. But either but way, that, I could swear I was looking at it. And I was like, oh, that's a tough schedule to start off with. Like, and may like look the first tough. two or three games. The Steelers were the worst against the running back last season. Prolific offense in a in a very favorable game spread for Week One. Well, what do I know? Smashed. You know, you know more. <laughs> I just, I well, think that was a misconception about Pittsburgh is that their defense because they have a good pass teams. rush and you know a, a relatively okay secondary. You miss the fact that they're good against the run and you know or bad against the run, and we actually see that a, a pretty good amount. That and, and and they could struggle to maintain in games where the teams that they're playing against just ends up running the football on them anyways because they're up double digit points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways, thank you for the question, Alex. Uh, tune in to Sunday too for more questions. If you have any, uh, his team is hurts at quarterback Kamara Mitchell at running back Adams Moore Schultz and then Flex A Rob. So that's the starting lineup would be. So you can. I'm just going to trust you on that because it's not in front of me. I'm not going to remember a damn thing you just said. I'm that's three, fine. Three beers at uh, two, this point. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways, anything more to add to the uh, to the Chiefs Cardinals? Sorry, I didn't mean to break up that. But no, you're good. Like, we haven't like talked about anything else, Chiefs Cardinals. So Marquise Brown is going to have to be the workhorse for the Cardinals if they're going to keep pace. So you're going to do that. Kyler should be fine on on the ground, and then you know I think that. You know, Benjamin is a fine flex play. He got a lot of hype in training camp, was listed as a starter there for a bit. James Conner will get groundwork, but, you know, we know James Conner isn't prolific in in the passing game, and that's where you know Benjamin's going to feast, and he's probably going to have to in this one, given the fact that, you know, they don't have a lot else there with Hopkins on a six-game suspension and with Ertz potentially missing this one with a calf injury. So you got to pay attention to that with with Arizona. Um you know, they're pretty much looking at the corpse of AJ Green and Rondale Moore being the other two receivers there. So, you know, it, it that's not a great thing for them. So be wary of that. As far as the Chiefs go, uh look, they're gonna be expected to keep up. If you need a flyer, you shouldn't at this point in the season, but maybe in DFS, right? I Juju like Valdez. Uh, no, well, no, Juju's a little bit more than a flyer for me. I was going to say Valdez Scantling uh, replacing in that field stretching role, I think is something to pay attention to. I like him over Hardman. Um, and I think that, um, you know, you could definitely see some, some benefit for that, especially as a cheaper, what should be a cheaper option. Uh, and what should be, like Dan mentioned, a fast paced game. Juju Smith Schuster is what I really like here to take over a lot of that Tyree kill volume along with Travis Kelsey, though. I'm starting Juju Smith-Schuster, and I'm starting Juju Smith-Schuster with confidence. As far as the backfield goes for the Chiefs, I really am leading on on an avoid there in what should be a heavy receiving game. Um, You've got 
three backs that can receive. It's just a matter of who they're who it's going to be, who are they going to use. Edward Solaire, the incumbent, Jarek McKinnon coming off of a very strong playoffs, especially as a receiver, and Isaiah Pacheco, the rookie. You're going to want to see how that shakes out. I would steer clear of that juice backfield if you can, and you should be able to. Yeah, it just depends where you took or uh, CH, but most people probably have him as an RB three. You took him late, and it doesn't matter where you took him; it's not the right play. Don't. Yeah, I, yeah, I just yeah, want to throw good advice for week one. By the way, don't let draft capital dictate your decisions. If it's a bad matchup, it's a bad matchup. If it's an unsure thing, and you took a dart throw, it's an unsure thing, and you took a dart throw. Don't let draft capital dictate your decision making. Well, I mean, it's, it's more or less speculating on probably how the rest of the rosters would look like. I don't hate the matchup for CH. I fully expect them to be the starter and and get the workload week one. It'd be. It, would you rather play him or Miles Sanders? I'd rather play CH than Miles Sanders. I think that's where a lot of the questions are going to. That's if you're talking about you know backfields that we're concerned with. Would you would you rather play CH or Singletary? I'm a little more confident in the C- confident in the CEH workload, but I also acknowledge yeah. that I could be very wrong about that with how Singletary yeah. finished. And, and I'm not disagreeing. I'm basically just it's. I think those are a lot of the the questions, and and hopefully a lot of you have them as your RB three. You don't have to worry about it. You can play. You probably you know no. if or floor with a little maybe a little higher upside in in plays, and have to worry too much about CEH outside of maybe flex. That's a good call out though, to, to project what some of those decisions might be or who he's going to be close to. Um, because there's a realistic possibility, especially if you want heavy wide receiver early that you did go Miles Sanders and CEH and you're making that decision or Devin Singletary and CEH and you went for some of those lead committee backs. And, you know, I do think that Singletary is really close for me, but I think the game script should be pretty similar. Um, and CEH does have a little bit more insulated of a role than Singletary. James Cooks, who I worry about with Singletary cutting into yeah. some of that. Um, although, again, McKinnon was dynamic last playoffs for the Chiefs, and I have a hard time quitting him. So, <laughs> it's all Vikings fans were for a long time. All right, Ryan, give us some DFS plays. We'll definitely be playing CEH, CEH this week at 5400 bucks. You know, you can't go wrong. Not a terrible game. Not uh, a terrible I would game. rather have uh, who else was a Saquon, there's there's far Chase better Edmonds, price than Chase Edmonds. Who else was there? You had Hunt in that area. You had there's somebody in that area I really like that I just drooled oh, over. Oh, Elijah Mitchell. Elijah uh, Mitchell. That was it. Yep. Yeah. It's not Juju a Mich- not a bad game stack price though. So. No, Juju Smith Schuster comes in at 5200. Marcus Ellis Gamley 4700. Hey, DFS, hey. Hail Mary. That dude could go out. They, give me Sammy Watkins this week. Valdez scaling? Right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely at 4700 That game script. Uh, and maybe AJ Green? 4600 Hey, yeah. he's you know, cause you don't number one receiver. outside receiver. Yeah. Or, I, I guess number one two outside of. Brown would be. Uh, he is the Hopkins. Uh, if they play Brown outside. Well, I mean, that's, one of more. I, I meant Brown to is, change it. It would be one of yeah, one of Brown or more. Is, one of Brown or more is going to have to play outside. 
and oddly enough, he's probably their primary red zone threat if Hurts is hurt. If Hurts is hurt. Now, Green, yes, I agree on that. He should be. Actually, no. James Conner is going to be their primary red zone threat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's actually be, it's going to be Kyler Berry from the goal line, like we all predict. <laughs> all right. Green Bay at Minnesota. Green Bay, a point and a half favorites really? on the road. Yeah, I know. Man. 47 and a half is the game total. Oh. I, I've been on Minnesota. I'll take, take the Vikings. The money line, it's plus 102. You get a very slight by the return way, on your investment. I blew smoke up. By the way, yep. Lions fan, Vikings fan, Bears fan, I am not just blowing smoke up my co-host's ass when I say I don't like them enough to do that or hype them up or give them hope. <laughs> like, honestly, do think it's the Lions over the Eagles, and I do think that the Vikings have the edge on the Packers in this one. I I I've been calling Green Bay from a betting, from a really betting standpoint. They've been very very much just kind of hanging on Rodgers and and Green Bay deciding not to to go more of an investment into the passing game is a very telling sign of what direction they want to take this team. This is already the slowest paced team in football, which makes makes you know betting on them to do more than than just cover a spread makes it tough, especially the game totals because they don't move the football enough downfield, and now you don't have a primary receiver to do that with. It, 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 it makes betting on Green Bay far more difficult in these kind of equal to better matchups. I, 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 I'm I actually surprised that Green Bay is favored by more, just given how much the betting public loves this team. But Minnesota is going to take this division. They're going to come out week one at home and beat Green Bay. Um Again, it's going to always come off as a homer take for me when I talk, you know, plus about Minnesota. But this team is quietly put, putting together, especially offensively, one of the better teams in football. And I just don't think Green Bay can hang with that. I like their defense, I do, but if Minnesota gets up big, I I don't think Green Bay has the firepower to keep up. So give me Minnesota the points, and I'd, I'd actually take the under. For fantasy, it's everything Minnesota, um, including Irv Smith is a is a tight end. Sorry, um, when I say everything Minnesota. Thielen, Jefferson, Cousins is fine, perfectly fine this week. Spring uh, a little KJ Osborne in there. Irv Smith, KJ Osborne. <laughs> if you're feeling really froggy, you probably shouldn't be at this point in time. But no, I, told I wouldn't be surprised. Um, on the Packers side, it's a little different. Uh, you know, you drafted Jones and Dylan high enough to where I think you do play them because I think they do. They are going to try to lay in on the running game here. Um, Robert Tunyon could be a sneaky tight end play, especially in DFS. Um, he's healthy. He should be. He's expected to play. You know, two years ago, he was an absolute monster. And Alan Lazard is missing time right now for undisclosed reasons. So that's right. He is have, no, I, well, he might not be there. Week one, he might not Demi be Watkins there. week one blow ups coming. Like it's all coming together. Well, there, him. there is that too, but <laughs> I'm not going to bet on that. Um, and I'm not betting on one of the rookies really jumping in there. If Alan Lazard can't go. So tune in Sunday morning. That may change this, but you know, right now I'm, I'm, probably heavy on Tunyon and both running backs for the Packers and and really is it bad to say you might be able to stream better than Aaron Rodgers this week yes 
Oh, absolutely. They don't throw the football enough, and they're slow. Like, there's better options. You can take Kirk Cousins. Took the better right option. That Same one. fucking game. Fucking with Derek Carr. That's true. There's Derek Carr is Trey Lance. Matt Ryan. Well, Trey Lance been drafted, but yep. Justin Fields, James Ryan, Winston. Derek Carr, Justin Fields, wow. James Winston. That, that might be the line. That might, that might be the line. That is not the line for me. James Winston is not the <laughs> yeah, line for me. Thank you. James, you can go Baker. There we all agree. James Winston <laughs> is gonna week one. James Winston is gonna throw for two seventy five, three and two. Well, so I, long, he for five. I don't think he's throwing picks. I think he's gonna go for like two, two, two twenty five and two. Just good enough to be like the QB thirteen of the week. Nah, he's going over two fifty. <laughs> Oh Baker, yeah Baker, definitely, yeah, definitely Baker, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. No, we're going Baker. We said we're getting cute with that game. We're, we're going Baker. If we're I, going back to Baker. And Trevor Lawrence. Oh, he might get saucy with Daniel Jones. He runs the football. I mean, Jesus, what's Blake Bortles doing? <laughs> Being Jesus somewhere. <laughs> All right, DFS plays, Ryan. Horsecock lock. Just go ahead and bet on that Geno Smith injury. <laughs> Cock lock. Right. It's a revenge game. <laughs> it's a revenge game. Yeah. Gino's going to be benched because they're down uh, 28 to 3 at halftime. <laughs> Monday Night Football. Here comes not, Drew Locke. You might not be wrong. I know. That's about the part. I'm surprised that spread isn't higher. All right. Uh, DFS plays, Ryan. It's an easy play to run with Aaron Jones because we know how Green Bay is going to run the ball more. He's at 6,700. But AJ Dillon, if they're going to go fifty-fifty, I'll I'll take AJ Dillon all day long at fifty-three hundred. Probably goal line. I wonder. I, I I honestly wonder who the goal line back is. Jones is fantastic around the goal line, but Dillon's got thirty pounds on him. And then after that, there's no one else. They have no other running backs. So they probably don't. A Kylan no, Hill. No. I don't even Kylan think Hill's out. Kylan Hill's out. He's out. He's out. That's right. Fucking Christ. They they do have another running back. Hold on. I mean, so this, I, I don't care that they're running back. I don't so the Sammy Watkins Hail Mary is 4,700, you know, when he goes off this week for... I, I mean, if there's no Lazard... 8, 175, and 2, you know. Sorry, you they still do not have a third running back on this <laughs> roster. <laughs> this will be a popular game stack because of the Vikings. So, Lazard... Watkins might be a popular comeback play in game stack games if you're game stack in this game, which I can definitely see being a popular play. Or even Randall Cobb. Like, if Lazard's out, because... <laughs> You know, he has that chemistry, but Randall yeah. Cobb, he's always been, you know, old reliable for him, and everyone seems to forget about him. He What's his price? Well, there's Ooh. a reason people are forgetting about Randall Cobb. Yeah, he hasn't been good in f- four years, but hey, no, no one else there could catch. It's catching footballs, and that's the hopper set up. We really want, do we really want to bet on the rookie receivers? Old reliable. I'd, I'd no. bet on Dobbs over Watson. It's old reliable play. played in twelve games last season and had three hundred and seventy <laughs> yards. <laughs> he outperformed Amari <laughs> Rogers. God damn it. Yeah. All right, and then Two on the other side of the ball, I'd go Adam Thielen at fifty four hundred and KJ Osborne at forty nine hundred. Yeah, you're very popular game sex. Uh, Cousins, Mister Jefferson himself, and one of Thielen or or Osborne. I absolutely love that call. Oh yeah, absolutely should be. Uh, hopefully, this offense be, be, being more of a modern. Uh, play calling and scheming should produce a lot more explosive plays, which is very good for your boy Osborne, who's going to see a lot more of the vertical routes. So, all right, two games left. Sunday night football for the second time. Wait, 
No, they were the first 39. Anyways, Bucks versus the Cowboys. Uh, Bucks are two and a half point favorites on the road. 51 even is the game total. Um, Dallas, I believe, kept this game close last year when they opened up the season Thursday uh, night. They did. Um, Dallas isn't healthy, though. Receiving core is it, pretty banged up outside of CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz. Um, is Tolbert hurt and I just missed it? No, but again, rookie. Um, it, this could be a very fun old offense. Maybe even see a little more Tony Pollard lined up with Zeke there. Uh, I like Tampa Bay to cover this game. Um, you know, Dallas or or Hopper threw a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, coldness on my on my Philly take, reminding us about Dallas and and what they'll be within this division. And and Dallas should be competitive. Uh, their offensive line, well, they did add Jason Peters, who's also fucking old. Um, did they get that done? I know they were talking yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah, they signed him. I think yesterday. Uh, Played for the Bears Dallas. last year. He was all right still. Yeah. Uh, it should help improve. Uh, I still like Tampa Bay, though, two and a half. Game total-wise, I like this to go over. I think Dallas will keep this close. Tampa Bay is battling their own offensive line issues. What's their the over Receiving room issues. Uh, 51 even. Okay. Yeah, I like it's, it. it. I it's, like the over. It's, it's a tad bit aggressive. I would have loved to see this at, like, 49 and a half. I'll keep it just under 50. would have been great. But um, oh boy. it just moved to 50 and a half. <laughs> the lines are moving. As we speak. 50 and a half. Move down half a point. People like the under. Um, I'll still take the over. I'll, I'll, if I can get an extra half point, I'll take it. All right. Sorry. Travis Etienne was trending, and I had to make sure. What? Why? Oh. Yeah, he's, It wasn't bad. Make sure it wasn't bad. He's fine. He's good. Okay, good. Um, all right. Everything. <laughs> Just... Everything, Everything in this yeah. game. It's going to be high scoring. Uh, Chris Godwin, his recovery is giving me some Cooper Cup vibes as far as return time, shedding the knee brace. Everything seems like it's been ahead of schedule. Um, they haven't committed to him playing week one, but the fact that he shedded the knee brace in practice, um, he's probably in pretty good shape to play week one. Um, obviously, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, um, Look, you don't know. The only thing you're watching for Tampa and you're not starting for Tampa is who the hell is going to be the tight end. Um, as far as Dallas goes, Dalton Schultz, C.D. Lamb. Jalen Tolbert is the rookie that I would start this week. We look at all the rookies up and down this. Um, Jalen Tolbert is the one I have the most confidence in in what should be a high-scoring game. Should immediately be the wide receiver, too. And we know that in this offense, Dallas is not afraid, afraid to throw the football. Um so I do have some confidence in him to, you know, give you startable value. Um, and again, we've kind of been down on rookies all this year, but Dallas will throw the football. It is going to be a shootout. I am completely on board with Jalen Tolbert this week. Um, and yeah, I think Pollard does mix in. We are going to see him mix in with see He was too productive for him to not mix in. Um, does he, have three value to flex yeah i think he does especially in the receiving game so it, this is a game where i'm just pedal to the metal give me everything that's fantasy relevant here yeah i, I it's hard to disagree there's no real disagreement for me at all with that to add to my wife who's on 
on camera now who's just walked away. She did, say she, she did she say goes, she, she did say she was going to start waving, didn't she? <laughs> She's she is very tired. Ten thirty. Yeah. Um. Right. Anyways, yeah. It's uh, it's anyone with a pulse, right? I know it's week yeah. one. We're not quite there yet. But this Does Tom Brady still have a pulse. <laughs> anyone with a yeah, pulse? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck me with the brain. Oh my god. It's, it's super heavy. Oh, dude, it is Julio. Dang, Speaking of right DFS, mouth, let's go, you man. You took it right out of my mouth, man. You took it right out of my mouth. What is he at? Is he at 52? No, no. Lower. 46? Nailed it. Ah, Nailed it. yeah. 4,600. Who plays the slot in that scenario? Godwin? Godwin. If not Godwin, then Gage. If not Gage, then... Well, if you got a so (laughs) no, that's what I'm saying, right? If you have a Julio Godwin Mike Evans trio, who's inside? It'd be Godwin. He plays the slot. He played the slot last year when it was Brown, Brown Evans was there. Yeah, yeah, yep. I mean, Todd Bowles thinks he looks like his old self again. So you know, get that hype train going. Let's do it. What's for net price tonight, Ryan? It's got to be favorable. Yeah, and it's very it's. I mean, so so these games are out of the main slate. So now you're looking at primarily single game. They do like showdown slates. Showdown slates again on DraftKings. The captain, it's he gets he gets one and a half multiplier, but he costs one and a half more. So a little more strategic. See when you're building your your DraftKings lineup. Godwin though, if he is play, I'm sure. What's Godwin's price? Uh Oh, Ryan. The app just closed on me. I know. <laughs> it's me being an asshole over here. Well, well, just like it. Well, we have 46 in a showdown slate. It's, that's fucking juicy. If there's yeah. any game where he could come on being... Because Brown did the same thing. Brown had two touchdowns, I think. Opening game last year for them against Dallas. Yeah, guy was at 6,500. Yeah. I, God, that's cheap. I know he's hurt. Julio might be, might be the million maker showdown captain. You got Russell Gage at 5,300, too. Got a lot of Millie Maker showdown captains here. Yeah. (laughs) Julio being that cheap, though. Man, you do a lot of work with that. Right? Freaking nuts. I know. What's Zeke at? How bad is him? 6,100. 61? Yeah. And Pollard's at 56. Fuck, what are the... Where's all the money coming from? Like that's that feels really low for showdown. Dak Prescott's at sixty-seven. Wow. And Brady's at sixty-five. That feels whatever reads. That just feels cheap. Anyways, you guys ready for the last game? Yes. Let's do it. You guys ready for the other? Yeah, we gotta find a way to make these shorter, especially if we're doing reviews. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll get Let's better. We're, we'll get one. There. We'll get it's better. Week one. Excited. We'll There's no better. reviews. Uh, Denver at Seattle. Sturdy. Denver six and a half point favorites. Uh, Forty four and a half is the game total. Uh, uh, Denver in the under. If I'm, I won't really bet the game total, but I'm taking Denver in the points. Wilson's gonna beat the shit out of this team. I'm starting to get comfortable if you can't tell from you know <laughs> just seeing my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like the neighbor on Home Improvement. <laughs> Wilson, yeah. <laughs> How fitting. Uh, ah. Play everything from Denver, and you know for the Seahawks, I'm okay with Penny. They're going to try to run the football. I think they, as long as he's healthy, you know, Walker's still coming back from the hernia injury. 
Only time you'll hear me say it this season, probably, is start Rashad Penny this week. I think he does have RB2 floor. Um, but yeah, it, it's Gordon, I think, has RB3 floor. You're fine with that. Javante Williams, a little higher upside. Um, you drafted Judy and Sutton higher uh, for matchups like this where they should feast on a poor Seahawks defense. Is a revenge game for Russell Wilson. Also a revenge game for Drew Locke, who I firmly believe could come in in the second quarter. Uh, Seattle pass catchers, I am firmly staying away from all of them until we know who it's going to be. Even DK Metcalf, you did not draft high enough to have to start him. I can't, 11th round. Some of those final so, ADPs on him was just fucking yeah, it's just nuts. crazy. It's like, God, come on. So it is only Rashad Penny that I'm interested in here this week. I guess you could make the argument for DK Metcalf based on his productivity with Gina Smith down the stretch last year. Yeah, I mean, the best part is you don't have to, I guess. It's not a good argument. You don't have to make it, and I wouldn't do it. Yeah. All right, DFS plays, Ryan. Monday Tyler night slowdown. DK Metcalf. I, I really have Tyler Lockett at 5,600. Metcalf comes in at 62. Jesus. But, it, but this game definitely tells you it wants you to play the uh, Broncos wide receivers because it has Cortland Sutton at 5,900. Jerry Judy at 53 and KJ Handler at 3,000. Yeah, they really want you to lean into the Broncos, <laughs> the Broncos stack, which means Jerrion plays to go. Yeah, so I mean, if you're going to do that, you're going to go with. Russell Wilson at 6,900, too. Yeah, I mean, I think in those you have to play at least one person from one or two people from the other team. Yeah, one from each team. Yeah. And like Hopper said, you know, Rashad Penny, he'd be worth playing. He's at 5,700. And then the Broncos running back, it's Jamal Williams at 6,300 and Melvin Gordon at 6,000. So you're not really getting much of a discount. Do one or the other. Yeah. Which makes sense. You still play Javante. I think they'll lean. That could be a game where they easily lean in Javante because they're up by <laughs> three touchdowns at halftime. Yeah, be... or just give it, keep giving it to Gordon, try to run him to the ground, just get him, you know, worn out. It could. That's that 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 whole offense just scares me when it comes to running the ball. I'm, you know, it I've does. already said multiple and times. I'm not a Williams fan. They're both big between the tackles types type backs. So Gordon's going to get more receiving work, but I don't think the game script tilts that way in this one. I think when push comes to shove, they'll lean on Javante. I think I Gordon's think so one too. of those we want to have in the later parts of the season where think, we, we have the ability to play two startable running backs and keep them fresh. I, I think mentality. Gordon's one of those you want to have when you know they get into some of these other divisional matchups. Yeah, Javante may go for like twenty five plus. The he might Chiefs be the- in the Raiders and stuff. I think that that's what you want. Where you want Gordon is in the receiving work. Yeah. Bronson might get 20-plus touches this game, yeah, to be honest. Very well good. Easily. That's it. That's it. Guys, we That's made it show. through. We promise this will go quicker. We yeah. Kind of uh, figure out our three-man team instead of the two-man we've done the last few years. And as we learn things, there will be less to talk about. Um, but we will do our best to make it a little bit more efficient as we get through the season. Um, and less games. Try to cover more bye ground. We get less games as by week <laughs> start, I think, in week four. So. Yeah. Um, first couple weeks just bear with us as we figure that out next week will probably be especially painful since we'll have to go through reviews too um but 
promise we'll get it figured out and keep these below two hours. Um, maybe less disc golf pro tour talk at the beginning as well. There but you go. There won't be any world to talk about. Won't be any worlds to talk about. We will have playoffs to talk about though. Yes. All right. That's our show. Uh, some combination of this group will be here Sunday to answer your questions on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe Beerfield podcast. Uh, I am at Beerfield hop. Who's just realized I was still kicked back and you couldn't see my face on camera. <laughs> <laughs> Too comfortable. I am Beerfield hop. He is Beerfield Thurry. Uh, the other, he is at Ryan minor underscore FFB. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank <laughs> you.